Welcome back to the only show that breaks down, cracks up, skews, and reviews each week's DC Comics. I'm the Lord of Order, Eric Shea. And I'm the Lord of Chaos, Jim Warner. And this is the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast, episode number 464. I'm playing along, Eric. I am a Lord of Chaos. Are you really playing like when you Clarion. say that? No, not really. I, I think that pretty much I am governed by the Lords of Chaos. I would say that. I'm kind of like the Witch I Boys. Think I think you're kicking in the balls and saying you run this shit. That might be. Actually, they come to me and they're like, you're a little too chaotic. You gotta, you gotta tone it down a little. It's the one thing that they can agree with with the Lords of Order uh, about me. But hey, everybody, welcome to the show. It's a holiday edition. We're actually recording this on Christmas Eve. Uh, and yeah, whatever holidays you end up celebrating, I hope everybody has a good holiday season. We can't skip anything either. And really, the real holiday right now is the yeah. Eagles. The Eagles are on and uh, it's killing me. It's tied right when we ended uh, coming on here, and it's making me, I, I don't know, it's just making me nervous, Eric, but the show must go on. Like, if you're not watching, they're definitely going to lose? Yeah, or oh. not even that. Or Actually, something great's going to happen, you're going to miss that's it. That's the problem. It's going to be one of those things where people are like, oh my god, it's like the idea with the itchy and scratchy deal. When the nerds ended up unplugging the TV and Krusty's like, we'll never be able to play that one again. I think we're going to miss something. We don't live in that time anymore, Jim. You can watch anything you ever wanted to watch at any time at the tip of your fingers. It's not the same, Eric, but it would be. I, I would really, be. it's one of those things that's funny because I don't really mind Have you even spoilers. watched most of the season? Well, yeah, I've watched every okay. game. This will actually be like the only bit of game that I won't be watching, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Maybe we'll have a Christmas miracle. Eric, it is in the Big D, as you know. I know you like the Big D, but not Dallas. You, you love the Eagles. But here we are, and welcome, everybody. Here, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all you weirdos, all the members of the Get Fresh crew, and we are here with some big-ass books. This is a streamlined big-ass books. Maybe not one at the end, but we still are big-ass books, because even the one at the end, it's got a lot of pages. I'll tell you that. We got all the stuff going down. I don't even know if that first one's really great, but we'll, we'll deal with that, Eric. I didn't say I was the purveyor of positivity. You haven't for Before a while. we get into that, I know. I Before even we get into said that it. there, well, I believed it, so that Me was did. what I tried. Well, it was one of those things where you, you like... You forgot halfway through. Well, you, you proclaim something hoping that will change your outlook. But then it really doesn't. So, hey, come see, I'm come a cool saw. guy. Everybody likes me. You listen to them self-help tapes. You're just repeating what they say on the tape. I actually was playing a little bit I'm of special. our TGIF show for Tanya just because I knew she would laugh when you said that I had to be somebody who wore a chain back in the day. And she just started <laughs> laughing. She goes, he, she, he does not know you that well then because, yeah, that would not be my deal. It, it would be one of the things I'd want to be cool. But yeah. I think people would like, first off, I know I'd mess it up, but also I think it would it, it would be too flashy for what me. What do you I'm, mean? I'm, I know it's like the 1980s and you have these weird codes and how you wear stuff, but you think you're going to wear your chain on the wrong side of your neck somehow? Yeah, it's going some, some to ch- be some sort of chain that isn't cool or something, <laughs> right? Instead of chain link, I'm going to get some like embroidered pattern. I, I don't know anything about chains, Eric. I have no idea. You don't need to. I'll have a chain that's supposed to like go from your ear to your nose, but I end up having it, you know, up my butt. I don't know. I, things go wrong when I do it. Could it could be very popular. It might be. Yeah, really, I might have been. But we're here, like I said, we have a bunch of books, six books. That's a plethora is what I was told. But we have some big ones. And this is the end and then almost the beginning of the event styles of DC. 
We're ending a big event. We're setting up the next one that's going to start up right away, which a lot of people are kind of, you know, eh, they don't, they're kind of event fatigued, fatigued yeah. at this point. And I, I don't know that I don't agree with them. I, I end up where I'm kind of excited about Lazarus Planet. But when I start thinking about, oh, we're going to be embroiled in some other thing, it does get me a little bit, you know, tired, Eric. I'm tired is what I am. But before we get into these books, go over to the Twitters and follow us at Weird DC. You follow us, we'll follow you back. Go to our website, WeirdScienceDCComics.com, where you can get written reviews for them, their books. Also, head over to our YouTube channel, Weird Science Comics. And then finally, go to our Patreon. If you enjoy what you're getting here, you can get more and more and more, as Eric Shea will tell you. And with all that, a lot of DC stuff, a lot of Marvel, manga, indie, all that all wrapped up in the one. This week, one of our big shows is always the uh, Patreon Spotlight Badass Picks of the Week show. Right? It's two books picked by the badass. This is the Get Fresh Crew. And then it's exclusive to the Patreon in a show that comes out Thursday night. Uh, usually around, you know, an hour, hour and a half. They're getting longer and longer. I don't understand. But this week we ended up doing Titans United Blood Pack number four and Stargirl The Lost Children number two. And then I ended up having story time where it's given me a nickname where I was thinking you might think I might start with that, but it doesn't go well out of context. Doesn't go well out of context, that one. And, And nobody else has forgotten. I keep getting messages. I'm I sitting here. The funny thing is, I forgot all about it. We got done recording that. I went back into my living room, like, are you? and Jess is all like, are you and Jim fighting? I kept hearing you yell, white Jim. Like, what did he do? <laughs> like, no. Why would you yell? Why would that be some sort know of thing she was worried. Why was that something that you would say to some stranger? If my if my name, if the nickname or something was like, I'm going to kick your ass, Jim, that, then that would make sense. I don't know what Jess is thinking. She just wants to really, since that episode 50, she's really trying to pass the blame on to somebody else. She wants you to be mad at somebody else. Oh, my goodness. But, yeah, we ended up talking about those two books and Stargirl of the Lost Children, number two, another one of the big books this week. And then last night on Friday, we ended up having a TGIF for the first time in a while. Which means thank God it's Friday because, you know, it's a DC Comics podcast. We've got to stay on brand. Exactly. And usually we talk about books that have apes, monkeys, and chimps. Well, they didn't have those really here. I know, but it would be. Uh, but we talked DC versus Vampires All Out War number six. Oh, uh, Vampires. The Under Primate. Exactly. Deceased War of the Undead Gods number five. So we talked about those two Elseworlds books on Friday. But now we're here with the big uh, stuff. But here is a thing now. Now that I ended up getting away from the spotlight deal, and it really isn't a good segue, but back to that spotlight. Those. Badasses, they get to pick everything we do, Eric. And here is the badass roll call. Coach, go, going smooth, right? Four sixty four. Yeah, I know it's not great, right? Also, I oh goodness gracious, Michael Jordan. There we go, uh, Eric K. That's the only one? K. Oh, huh. No, that's the one I remembered was at the top as I floated up again. Jeffrey Greek, we'll Stephen Bat, Dad Mitchell, The Annihilator, Ted Probst. I love Punchline. We'll be getting some Punchline later today. Stork, Michael S. Forrest Polly, Cam, Matt Razor, D Man Three Thousand, Lady Abby, and Lord Andy. Francisco L. Rock the Third, Niels Tewart, David Fink, Stephen Baum, Jason Colby. That's Sue Forty Two to you and me got a bird on his shoulder he does michael g ken okay. halleck comic boom rocky crispy kringles see that's pretty good that, crispy that's kringles? not that's not dirty that's my rap name in cleveland 
Mark Jager, Algin Stojan, Nick Adams, Ruben, Carlos, No Wolf Marv, Matt uh, Rapier, Luke Hollywood, Simon, Luis, Manship, Andrew Belfast, Slania, Anthony G, Josh Million, my man Pete from NYC, Batman Beyond Mark, we'll hear from him later, our man Rob Lewis, Beamer Brandy, uh, Murray up there in the Canada, Buffalo, and now I went too long, Double A Run, if you would you have a matter if I hit Again, yes, yes, double double A run. He's a Minnesota. He's happy. His sure. Vikings ended up winning today, and he was rooting against our Eagles. But a shout out to the all time great Reginald. Uh, uh, didn't you see that picture of Jason with the bird on his shoulder? Did you Maybe. see that one? I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't know. I don't want to brag, but it looked like he had a cockatoo. Oh my goodness gracious, Eric. It's one of brag. those podcasts. He reminded me, remember that story? I don't I told want you? to brag, but it looked like he had a cockatoo. <laughs> right. Exactly, right? It's going to be one of them nights. I, I got was, you. I was bragging for him. Oh. I'm like, man, that guy's got a cockatoo. <laughs> I need to... Oh my goodness gracious. Oh, here we are, Eric. We've yeah. got a lot of books today, big books. And <laughs> you hear there's an, thing, an event, huh? An event setting, I, I hear. Uh, did you get that? Oh, my God. What, what are you? He's got a cock of three now. Holy moly. Must be excited, Eric. But we have all these books. I actually started crying. I was like, <laughs> just the, the like in general or about this? Just your re- in general. Oh, okay. I just started crying. Because I started crying, too. Uh, inside, right? Remember, remember when I ended up going to our donut shop in town and there was a guy with a fucking cockatoo walking around and I ended up, do you remember way back when I was telling you about that? Was it, it a fucking cockatoo weirded me out? Was it I thought it was a parrot man, the it pirate? Was, it was some sort of fucking bird. Yeah, the guy looked like the a bird goddamn man. pirate. But, the bird man of yum-yums. The bird man of the yum-yums. Yeah, they, I was going to say we got yum-yum today. Don't I didn't. They did. Uh, my kids Would, end up now. No, they, well, they were worth so much money, though. And then I'm like, we're not getting this oh, money. I tell Tanya, like, but it's money as in, hey, I know. I know I'm getting is. paid tomorrow. Can I get the PlayStation 5? Look, right, I want to tell you, but I know what it is. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> they end up where, oh, we don't have a cent. And then next thing you know, Uber Eats is showing up. You got the, the yum yum. No, they actually had Tanya go get those. Like, they won't do anything. They'll just sit there and play video games and yell. You know Not what? To me. I'm moving in, too, because that sounds amazing. You might like it. And then when you leave to go to Alex's Christmas party, that I me and Tanya invited. don't seem to be invited either, <laughs> uh, they leave, and I hear them going, okay, Mom, bye, we love you. And then they walk by me, and I go, have a good time, kids, and not nothing. <laughs> they didn't even look at me. I was you so looking at stranger. Yeah, stranger is what they said. I'm like, you said, well, Rafe, after Rafe got that genealogy test, I don't know. He's acting a little different. He's <laughs> I understand. A little Once bit you strange. told me about it, I'm like, yeah, I'd act different too. Also, just as an aside to end up going with the chaos that is our house, especially the holidays, Rafe ended up having to call the police last night because somebody was calling. Uh, and saying he was going to come and kill our entire family. So that that was fun. That was a good time on a, a people you know, right are all talk Christmas. around here. You can't fucking talk to talk without walking the walk. If you're out there listening right now, you get this shit done if you're going to yeah, say really. you're going to do if it. If you're going to do this and, and threaten, come on, come Bunch at us. Bunch of pussies are Quaker uh, Town. You know how it is, especially when you have it like teen, when you have teenage kids <laughs> and all of a sudden everybody's scared, but then when you realize it's nothing, you start talking shit. Man, oh, yeah. if they would have came, I would have... Well, they were calling... They were calling Rafe Knives. You know, they, they, they very no, odd. But it's a Rafe situation. I here's got how you. it is. Well, it is He's a like Rafe situation. 
He ended up maybe. He ended up where there was Cuts. a girl that he worked with at one of his 28 jobs of the past month at the Wawa. He he said he just talked to her and something happened or what whatever. Did you and get I get off, guy. Yeah, and I guess this guy called. Now this guy, Don't you might know, not that's been, my main squeeze. Guy might not have been so smart. He actually FaceTimed Rafe the first time, so Rafe had the that? video of it, right? And then he left three voicemails with the threatening messages. The guy was Look, not all smart. All I know and, is that Rafe came in, tried to talk to a girl that didn't realize that it was somebody else's girlfriend, and this better become a Johnny Lawrence, Daniel Russo situation where some karate tournaments better take place. Well, there might be. Well, the thing is, this was like six months ago. He hasn't worked at that Wawa in a long time. I know because while he was working at Wawa, we were paying for his Wawa lunches every day, and we never got that money back either. So that's how things go. I just think but, y'all are dumb. I'm telling you, they're dumb. This guy ends up, and I'm telling you, these were pretty no, no, no. Vi- Whatever you're going to say, you're still dumb. These were very violent messages, this guy. At one point, I thought it was like he was reenacting when that ape ripped off that lady's face. It oh, was God. like that. I mean, he's like, I'm going to rip off your face. and I'm gonna-. But nothing was really clever or funny about it. It was very threatening. So it's just like ICP lyrics thrown at him? Yeah, seriously, I actually thought I should have put a beat to it. Play that back, right? <laughs> this is the hot <laughs> shit. I'm going to rip your face off like I am a fucking ape. Uh, that's about what he was yelling. But the best thing is, the guy gave us full name and phone number to, to return the call. <laughs> you, you know, just read this life. What are you doing? Be inconsiderate, Jim. You want to hear what the, the scary part is? It started out a little scarier, though, because they called up and said, Hey there, Rafe, what's going on? Knives, that's what we call you. And Rafe's like, who the fuck is this? And they're like, oh, no, you don't remember. We went out that like two weeks ago. You got blackout drunk. You probably don't remember. We were partying. You want to party tonight? Like they're luring him out. Whatever. I'm sitting here like, yeah, I'm down. What's going on? At first, I mean, I think Logan had to stop him. Stop, Rafe. (laughs) Don't don't do it. (laughs) Sounds like a good time. Like I've gotten the stranger's cars gone to somewhere I don't know to hang out. The the play ended up, they they went too far because they were saying that, right? Rafe doesn't really get a cool nickname like Knives. Knives. And then they ended up saying, yeah, yeah. Remember, we were doing ecstasy. And that Rafe, actually, that's when he said, what? And then I'm sitting here. Yes, I do remember that. Ethan's on the FaceTime call. And that was probably me. He's yelling like, no, it wasn't. It was was all a dupe. It was, I don't know. And then he he called the police. Like, and then Halloween 2005. Come on, let's go. Well, he called the police, and then he kind of said, "Well, if I call the police, then they're gonna." And then I said, "Well, when the police come, just say I just wanted to report it in case something else happens, and then just say you're cool, right? You're cool." What he needs to do is leave a cryptic message on his phone, recording it. If something happens to me, play this, and then you click on it, and he's giving his last testimony about what went down. Then you got to detective the shit out who the real killer is. That would be good. That's what we'll do. We'll set up a whole murder mystery. Look, if you're going to die, at least make it exciting for other people. He ended up by the end. Consider Like I said, he just, you know, told the cop. They didn't even show up. They just called him back. So we're in our house again. Should we yeah, go it's over? Like, yeah, it's a winter nah. house. It's a guy. I mean, I kind of got a little upset about that. I was yelling at Tanya about that, but everything's fine. I guess the guy wasn't really, you know, really down with coming by and ripping our faces off. It, yeah, that yeah. really is all it was. This guy really had Could a Could it be fetish. dressed as Santa Claus tonight, coming down your chimney and coming and give you a special gift? You really think that if I saw Santa coming to this house, everybody in the house would know there's something wrong? Like, no, because you run the hell out. First off, if, if he had coal, maybe. But, you know, if he actually had gifts, and they might think, as the, you would, oh, that's our dad dressed up as Santa, and they'd shoot him anyway. They'd think it's me. Hmm. Then they find out it isn't me, and then they apologize to the guy. They actually thought it was me. But here we are. 
Christmas Eve talk. Oh, my, Eric, your nuts are roasting on the, the fire. I wish. It is so cold in here. It's 11 degrees out right now. I don't know. what I think it's like tw- negative 12 Celsius. And it like for some reason... I don't know if I need new weather stripping on my window or something. It is so goddamn cold in this apartment. I'm wearing two pairs of socks, two hoodies just to record this podcast right yeah. now. I thought you were talking about my school history, 11 degrees, Eric. Did you realize 11 degrees I have? Uh, That's where you're going yeah, with this one. I'm, I'm in the attic, and there's no heat up here. So yeah. it's cold as shit. And we do have a heater in the next room. That heat ain't coming my way. I'm I right had next the to oven a window on just to try to get some extra heat. I wasn't cooking nothing. Eric, it was so cold in here, I opened the refrigerator for it to get heated uh, up. Jess oh, already made that joke to me earlier, and I didn't laugh Did then. she? Uh, really? I have some jokes, because I actually think tonight, I, well, I, <laughs> I actually have some Seven stand-up years. routine, because I really do think the key is working on his stand-up, so I'm going to work on mine when we get to that world's finest book. We'll talk about that, Eric. But speaking of that, Let's get on with the books. Enough of this nonsense. You know, the, what about the holidays, Eric? I don't celebrate the holidays. That's back Can in I? August. So here we go. We're going to be back with some books. If you don't know where to go to, I wouldn't count on. Of this dark crisis, characters like the most in dreams of Asia to cope with such bullshit. Dark crisis, dressed like an 80s freaking rerun, trying how to write like Grant Morrison. Come, let's mix with one for seller. Now, is shit because the speller is the pits? Crisis. What's a comic fan to do? I really wish I had a clue. While we all pull out our hair, DC doesn't seem to care. While we yell and holler, they laugh, count their dollars, take all our money and time. It really should be a crime. If you're through and you don't know where to go to, I wouldn't count on any of this. Ah, uh, yes, Eric, that is Shade. Sun shade! Taco. <laughs> there we go. Oh, Taco's bringing goodness. the heat. He is bringing the heat and maybe the Ritz, Eric. But for I the did... last time, Jim, what are we going to use that song ever again for? And I like it so uh, much. Well, well, we'll just throw it out there, Eric. One of the things, does it surprise you that when I first heard that song, I really did think it was about the cracker? And I had no idea. Did you just oh, get man. done like watching regarding Henry, where that's all I the Harrison know. Ford wanted to always draw I'm crackers? Telling you, I think that I just ended up hearing Ritz, and I'm like, putting on like actually, well, look, we're poor people. Obviously, we're going for the crackers. Seriously, now I'm saying this, and now I'm starting to think because if there wasn't, there may have been. They should have a, a song for an ad as they're putting on like cheese on the Ritz, putting on the Ritz. That would have been pretty good. They that would have, have been really They had to have. Maybe that's even what I'm thinking of. But when I first <laughs> heard that song, I did like, what's this? And then I realized I was an uncultured swine. Yes. For the first time, maybe in a million times after that, when I realized that, Eric. But here we are, and we are putting on the Ritz a bit with the Dark Crisis. Dark it's crisis. over. And the funny thing about this is there was more hype about almost everything else this week than this Dark Crisis Can ending. Can I number 50? 
No, not really that. But maybe. I mean, the people in the Get Fresh crew, uh-uh, they were talking more about that. But it was a weird play. And when you had this whole deal where if you go back and rewind a bit, you ended up having the Infinite Crisis. Then we ended up having the Just League Incarnate. Me and Eric here begging people. To oh, read Infinite them. Frontier. I'm sitting there like you said Infinite Crisis. I'm like, what the no, hell? No, I'm sorry. Infinite to? Frontier. We had yeah, the yeah, whole right. deal where we were begging people to read those. We told them oh, these it's, were it's the, the big start books. of the next big thing going forward. The prologue. When we started Dark Crisis for about maybe two issues, we were okay with it because the story was building. And once you get to that third or fourth, we realized you're oh, not going anywhere. There's no nothing. story to be told here. Like even and, the idea where we have the big bad of our Dark Crisis being Pariah and the Great Darkness throughout there. With all the different times we have the idea that, you know, uh, Pariah wasn't corrupted by the Great Darkness. The Great Darkness was corrupted by Pariah. By the time we get this done, this issue number seven and all the other times that we've had this, I'm not even quite sure that the dark, uh, the great crisis, or the great crisis, the great darkness was ever in this book, and not something that was manifested somehow by Pry himself. That's outside of the great darkness that somehow gave everybody superpowers. The weird like, play. I there is know. a weird thing in this where they actually they want to push Pariah off of the grid, and they start saying, "Well, listen, Pariah He's really, that Pariah really didn't end up talking to the great darkness. He was insane in the membrane here, but." What he did was create, like, it goes both ways. And I don't understand what they're saying because at the and beginning. And even at one point, it's like, oh, we checked. The Great Dark is still asleep. I'm like, is it still asleep now? Did it go back to sleep? I don't know what Pariah did in his own little darkness of his own imagination that created a freaking dark army chain over the biggest bads in the DC universe and beyond. I have That's no idea how it works. That's the problem, too. Just imagine some of these things before we get into this proper. You proper. end up where it's hard to even tell who the villain was. And that right there is a big problem. They, they say, I mean, in my mind, the deal is, you know, we talk about it. The rogues gallery really is what ends up pushing a book. The villains of the hero are what elevates it. And especially an event, you need a, you need a villain. We start out with Erebus. the dark army. That was the craziest thing ever. But then that even that name shifted to just the schmucks that were hanging out with Deathstroke. And everything got convoluted. I mean, at the one point, they're like, oh, my God, the, the Dark Army. They backed, they went back to whence they came, but then they didn't really mean them. And then at well, the how? end, I don't know what happened, like a doomsday. Or I'll tell like- you, the thing is, the final crisis ending with the Western Machine, one of the most bullshit kind of endings that any kind of crisis end or event has ever had, in my opinion. I don't like Final Crisis at all. I kind of wish this ended with a wishing machine because it's way more coherent than this. Well, about the third issue, I had a fucking wishing machine. Wish this was over. I, I just at the end of this issue, and I'm not going to say like the end because there is an epilogue. I mean, just when I was the done end? reading it, uh, I just ended up shaking my head like that was a bunch of fucking nothing. It was nothing. You end up having won't Black Adams fans rejoice at this thing here that happens to him. I actually, they may, no, they, they I'm may. I'm a Black Adam fan. I just not, not nothing. Oh yeah, you are. Well, you get the rock. It's, it's a last least, two right? law that means nothing because we go back to status quo. Well, by that's the, end. the problem is you end up having this idea where Black Adam is going to sacrifice everything. We don't know how the fuck he does it or what. You're combining different things, and then he ends up like, yeah, yeah. If I see you again, kill you and leaves. It's going to be war. Okay, here's okay, here's the setup. Quo, here's the set, yeah, and here's my whole deal with the setup, and then we'll get into the actual issue. The idea that you go into this and you want to make it big, you kill the Justice League. There's oh the big deal. Oh my God, the Justice League's dead. Does that mean that we're not going to have a Batman? It's, oh no, no, we're we're still going to have the regular books, 
So you still can read about the Batmans and the Supermans. None of the books that are the biggest books at DC are going to have anything to do with this right now. That's how big this is. I, th- I don't think that works together. They make it in a way that instead they make it so it's impossible for the books to be involved because they kill off the Justice League as this one big moment. And it's like the forest for the trees. All these usual crises, you end up building towards it. You end up having the whole DCU, and I mean the books, affected by the crisis. You couldn't do that because you said we kill off the, the Justice League, but but the timeline will make it so we can still have the best. Nobody even cared then. You lowered funny too, the, the only stakes. the only regular series that we had any kind of tie in with is the Flash, which can't continue on. Where Barry, I'm saying though, but Barry was already gone. This didn't actually affect any of the main books that had had to do with Justice League stuff. This is the only one to do it though. I'm like, how does that make sense? Show us the ramifications of a world without a Just League within their own books. That's what you need. The ramifications weren't there, so there was no tension. There was nothing that ended up getting any stakes going into this. You would have been there with, if all of them were gone, we didn't have the books. And then at the end, which I thought we were going to get originally, oh my God, they ended up wishing the Justice League back. But even then, you brought them back already. They they came back before the ending and then just kind of, I don't know. Stood around and fought. Except and, for Green you know, Arrow. All right. Yeah, there. yeah, really. So the 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 whole play. Joshua Does Williamson, the Green Arrow died and stayed dead. <laughs> no, because I saw one person was like, they really love this. They're a Green Arrow fan. Like this really is awesome for Oliver. I'm like, what? He he died. He's gone. And I, okay. And he's like, what? And he didn't believe me. He actually didn't <sighs> know. I'm like, really? So when you get into this, the stakes were not there. Joshua Williamson ends up fumbling it. Throughout the whole event, you don't even know who the villain was. You're left confused. It's not clear cut. And yeah, some person might be able to say, well, listen, the villain was this, this, and then this, and then that. That's not clear cut. You need a clear cut villain where we can direct all of our, you know, anger at Eric and get upset and say, oh, great darkness. I mean, what is the greatest thing where when we started, we had this great, crazy dark army that attacked the Justice League, took them down, right? Took everyone down but Black Adam. This was a team that could not be defeated. So what was happening at that point with fans who were reading it? Oh, my God, how are they going to do this? Well, maybe they'll do this. That's what makes a Let's make a joke about a new Justice League that doesn't do anything for the issue, though. Get fans all riled up, but we're not going to go anywhere with it. When you had that team, me and you said, pack it up. They're done. That was the fun of it, though. That's where when you have this villain, you start discussing, well, who can do this? Who can do that? What are we going to do against that? And they end up changing it around. Then it becomes Pariah, his whiny ass bitch, you know, doing his thing. Then it wasn't him. And then they ended up zapping him with a, you know, his antimatter machine that they ended up finding at the end of a tie. Yeah, yeah, really. He is. But he's like, there they are, my family. I'm like, "Mm." so all of that then. Leads to then the focuses against Deathstroke and what King this Deathstroke ended up feeling at the, the end. The new host here. of the Great Darkness, but the faux Great Darkness—that's not really the Great Darkness. Yeah, yeah, and we're gonna fight. Oh my God, we haven't seen. Oh, we did see that in issue two, so and then it just ended. So what are you doing? There, we had these gigantic stakes that we came back to find out meant nothing. Yeah, and so in that, at the end, as we get into this fully, the idea that it seemed like at the very end. Joshua Williamson was really telling a story about legacy, even though he fucked around with shit at the beginning and really triggered some people. And the idea that if you love all the characters, boy, you could win out. And if you're pure at heart, like Nightwing, somehow you can dissipate things. And and I want to point this out. I was going to leave it for later when we talk about Nightwing 99. 
I, I got to this revelation, re- revelation, the revelation, the revelations uh, that it's a Christmas it, miracle. It feels as if DC and its writers, Tom Taylor, even Joshua Williamson here and all around, they seem to think that they need to redeem Dick Grayson for something that I don't know what he did. Because the they is, all I seem to be real. trying to do this. I think it's decades of having Dan DiDio behind the wheel at DC Comics where everybody has to tr- go out of their way to apologize for how he was, Dick Grayson was but treated all those years. It's the idea where the apology should kind of be over now. Oh, because really, they're only the only person they need to convince about how great Nightwing really is Dan DiDio. And he don't care. So this idea of it just feels like they're trying to redeem him when he didn't need redemption. He just needed some good stories. You don't have to go over the top. But well, maybe they credits. do, because I still consider Tim Drake the greatest Robin ever. So maybe if they gave me a little bit more and told me how great Dick Grayson is for the umpteenth time, maybe well, I might say that his Robin's the credits, the best. Then, let me tell you, when I hear the idea of somebody say, "You're you were when you were Robin, you were the light. That I need it when it, that that's Tim Drake to me. That is you not the Dick kiss Grayson. The rose. You know what I mean? And I, I kind of had a, a bit of a step back with that. But you get into the credits and we'll talk about the whole thing. Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths, number seven, written by Joshua Williamson with art by Daniel Sampier, Jack Herbert, Giuseppe Camacoli, Cam Smith, Rafa Sandoval, Alejandro Sanchez, Alec Gamerez, Romeo Fajardo Jr., Matt Herms, and Tom Napolitano. We have a full cast of creators here to tell our final story of the Dark Crisis. But the thing is, just this idea. I'm telling you, I, I liked it initially. When we go inside the, I, the, the mind of Dick Grayson, we have the, the mind battlefield between Deathstroke and Dick Grayson, who have both been taken over by this faux great darkness, where we're going to have, you know, Dick, like, scrap the way of all, all he knows to make him as pure as self as Robin. And Deathstroke becomes his pure self as the old, like, a younger Deathstroke, whatever you want to call it. But you have this fight of the mind right now. I thought this was going to be amazing, but it really is. Just this idea where they're fighting in the mind where all of this havoc's going on in the background with the Dark Army and all our Justice League heroes where everybody scrambles to figure out what the hell we're going to do because even if we are able to set, like we were able to uh, take away the Great Darkness from Pariah, but then the Great Darkness found the King Deathstroke as a new host who's now going to fight it out with Nightwing who then in this becomes the new host of the Great Darkness. We still need to get the Great Darkness out of the multiverse and that's our secondary plot where we have the Flash family going on there trying to speed force magic their way through the multiverse to make connections to things that keep being severed by the great and doctor. to stabilize so it yeah they need to stabilize speed. it well and and so in that i told you that's what <laughs> i went with and so when you get into this i, I actually this, this is where i realized that this event was hooey at least for me where when we start out and there's dick grayson of the darkness and you end up of with the dark him, mind you know confronting King Deathstroke. I actually had to go back to issue number six to see what the fuck. How did this end? The last issue that we got here, and then I look and I'm like, oh yeah, you just had him by the neck. He had yeah. him and Rose by the neck, and you have it now. The big play that I have here is while this is going on, and maybe I think there's a lot of things that if they had some setup and some explanation, they could have played out really well. But instead, there's no story here. So you end up only having, and we talked about this even on our Friday night, the TGIF deal. There's a lot of wow moments that really aren't explained. They're just there because there's no story to really grab onto. But when you end up having this going on in the outside where you have the the Justice League and everybody, they're all fighting. What happened to the idea that you couldn't get near these assholes and you'd be infected? Well, they spit shadow blood on you and you get hepatitis. And in that, you could say, well, no, you got to get the chains around you because that's how Dick and Rose are kind of gone there. But there's Batman with chains around. There's Superman with chains. 
Everybody does this, Black Adam. Everybody has this. So when did Look, it become a thing that Ballard, it didn't it doesn't affect? Matter anymore. Yeah, and that's the thing, though. They're just fighting now. But where are you sitting here in this story where you're like, oh, my God, did you see that point where Black Adam was leaning over and choked out by the chains? Did you see Batman fighting maybe somebody? There's no real substance even to this spread page. This is just, I mean, look at Darkseid's just shooting a mega beams at Kilowog in a bubble. And that's even in the back that's that I had do, to go man. through. But what? where is the actual, you know, oh my God, this is what I've been waiting for. This is well, just a bunch of characters thrown on here. Because they made, they made the enemy too powerful. So there's nothing, like right away, the first thing we did before the event even started, we kill off the Justice League. It doesn't matter anymore. The big bads are too powerful. Nobody can do anything. Pack it up, pack it in, get the hell out of town. It doesn't matter. So when you have this battle, it is just, you know, pretty pictures to look at as we try to tell the main story that's of the mind and trying to fix the multiverse in the most over-the-top magical way we can because we have the Speed Force, you know, people who are connected to the Speed Force running throughout the multiverse, trying to stabilize it, making connections. So we keep the great dark yeah, stuff. It's too powerful. But, yeah, it's too but powerful. now we have the evolved for Dr. Light from the first crisis. He's finally going to come back and say, hey, guys, I'm relevant. 35 years later, I my powers have evolved to the point where I can use the speed force with you guys and the powers that the monitor gave me to get the light out there in the multiverse to push the darkness back. And you know what? We won, guys. I'm like, cool. All right. And thank God Damian Wayne took you to the House of Heroes and you were able to do that right away. Yeah. And, and the idea of it is, oh, yeah, you know, back in the Crest on Infinite Earths, I actually was given this power to have the creation light. I absorbed it. Didn't really realize it till now. But, hey, I got it. Cool. Let's roll. And it's so out of nowhere. You ended up where, remember I told you, and we, we kept waiting. Joshua Williamson said it was going to be way back. A couple of issues of Dark Crisis back where he said, there's a deep, dark secret for that Dr. Light. You're not going to believe what happened to her. She really is sus. And it ends up not being anything like that. I'm saying, and she- you just, it's a Hail Mary that all of a sudden, oh, by the way, I, I have this light power. And even then. You end up. She was a fun- member of the Justice League in the eighties. What the hell's going on? Like, why you you got rid of this whole thing because nobody cared about this Doctor Light, and now we have to make her relevant again because we're calling this a sequel to the original Crisis. I'm like, why do you got to do that? Yeah, and even in that, is she relevant? Because it would be one thing if I said to you, well, she saved all the damn of a sudden, day. well, we're here and we have a. Well, she kind of did. She she combined saved the damn day. No, she combined because without the Flash, they, she couldn't have done it anyway. Honestly, I don't know. She couldn't have done it on her own. Well, here's the problem: if we needed to open up a door. And I said, oh, my God, Eric, I have this power where my finger can turn into a key. You're like, okay, that's cool. I make a key. We open the door. We're in. This ends up being a fudge to fudge shit because she says, I have this light of creation. And then just starts. I think if we join up with the flash and the speed force, we'll be able to fit. How do you know this? And what does that mean? It doesn't mean anything. You are making speed force merged with the light of creation is stronger. For years, I start start. Stared at the stars, always feeling incomplete. Pariah felt what the monitor gave him was a curse, but I saw this blessing. Pariah and the others before him failed to save the infinite Earth because they wanted to control them, to find perfection. But perfection is boring. The multiverse needs to be free, to be infinite. So that's the thing. We have these things. We have the, all these connections to the original crisis along those lines because we need to because they, for some reason, just wanted to do a sequel to that and have this big feeling moment, even though we're not going to be as epic as that was. You're just going to bring back the infinite Earth, but ultimately, we had 52 Earths after the new 52. Actually, even before the new, the new 52, well, after Infinite Crisis, we had 52 Earths that we found out in Countdown, all these other things, and 52. 
And for some reason, we needed more than that, even though those 52 Earths that we had, we didn't play with all of them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and then, like I said, she says, and we can only assume because we've seen this character for all these decades and we didn't have this, but she's saying, oh, my God, I got this, you know, power. I ended up getting at the monitor. And now she's saying that she always knew it was a blessing, but she, she didn't know because she did. It, it just ends up. And then just the idea of I don't like perfection. Perfection's boring. All right. You just solved the case. You just cracked the code there, Dr. Light, with your nonsense, because that doesn't mean a shitting thing. And yeah, you get the infinite Earths now, but nobody, nobody knew. I mean, 52 is too many already. Like you said, we didn't even know all of them. And you'd never do anything with half of them. But so that's really, not the only big wow moment we have for this issue. Because for some reason, ever since Bendis decided he wanted to put Black Adam on his Justice League, where we just had to have Superman say, you know what? I got a feeling about that Black Adam. He's probably a pretty good guy. Let's get him on the team. And we just had him kind of standing around not doing anything. Yes, he survived the initial attack from Pariah and the Dark Army, where the rest of the Justice League died. We were just kind of told in an afterthought about the idea his lightning power was able to subdue the darkness. He is the key to stopping the great darkness for whatever reason. I have no idea. And all I want to know is, why isn't Mary Marvel more involved? Because her power is derived from the same magical source. Or even get Billy out of the Rock of Eternity. I don't know how you're going to do it or what you need to do, but... Like, that should have been one of the, you know, tie-ins. Do something. Agreed. Or something along the lines, because we need all the fucking magical light we can get. But when you have the idea where Black Adam's been pished poshing our heroes and the legacy of the heroes this entire time, like, you guys ain't shit. You gotta put a Jesse together because you're a bunch of pussies. You can't lead nothing, Grayson, you big dummy. You have him saying this the entire time. Now he sees all the heroes coming together. He's like, you know what? I've been a bit, bit of a prick, so I better go and share my power with all the rest of the heroes. When previously, I saw in 52 when he did this with, uh, like, the son of his, uh, the brother of his wife, Osiris. He shared his powers with this boy who was dying, but first they had to have that familiar connection. So it's like, look, I married your sister. You're kind of, we're a part of a family now. You're dying. Say my name. And he said, Black Adam. He became Black Adam Jr. Essentially became Osiris. And I also saw him give his power to Mary Marvel and Countdown, where in that, so like she didn't have any power anymore. Black Adam was feeling all sorry for himself. He said Shazam and gave her all his powers, which eventually corrupted her. But I've never been, I've never just seen him yell, Black Adam, and then everybody around him just gets all of his powers. You do realize that there are a large majority of people reading this that think that Shazam says Shazam because that's his name, and Black Adam yells Black Adam because that's his name. They actually think well, that. Even the idea whether or not they, they, I'm Marvel- not even going to say they're dumb or anything like that. That just you don't really see it a lot because he rarely changes. He rarely uses the the word, and so. I, I get it. There's no reason for him to use it. He no, stays Black Adam. Exactly. So in this, I just I'm gonna read what he says. I don't even understand it. It <laughs> says, Dark Side warned me that I was the key to defeating you. He warned you, did he? I should have seen it. I thought that only I had the will and the power to stop the darkness. But I was right. What? <laughs> and that's why my name is Black Adam. Like, what does that mean? What does that mean? And then everybody mean? gets his name with him saying Black Adam. I mean, gets his powers when he says Black Adam. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, I don't know how any of this works. But now Black Adam's sharing his power like you would with anybody else, like not giving it away, but sharing it like along the line so everybody has a portion of it. Now he's just, you know, kind of a little bit enhanced kind of human who has to take on King uh, Deathstroke. So now you just have Black Adam trying to stand toe-to-toe with Deathstroke. And it's this weird, like, fight to the finish, which... It's just, well, that's it's the weird... thing there. 
it's not even a darkness Deathstroke anymore. He ends oh, no, up that's saying, just like, playing N- Deathstroke Nightwing, now. I'm saying though, but Nightwing has the like is now like the new host of this whole thing. But you have Deathstroke who still has this darkness sword and stuff like that, who does seem powered up through the grand. Even if he wasn't powered up by the great darkness or have a sliver of it he's left, just him. he is still yeah, Deathstroke, you know, yeah, one yeah, of the most Death dangerous Stroke. men in the world. But when you have this going on, I don't know why we have to have this great moment where we had Black Adam on the Just League this entire time, pretty much did nothing with him. But now we have to show that he's a prick because the Just League is dead here and that he's the only one. All the other heroes ain't shit compared to him. And I'm like, okay, this is Deathstroke. But we have to have this moment. I will stand with all of them and I will die if I have to. You show that Black Adam is the greatest hero, the hero that Superman saw he always could be when he wanted him to join the Just League way back when Bendis put him on. And by the end of it, you say, all right, we finally did it. We showed the Black Adam's a hero. And now we're back to status quo. We, I come across you. It's wartime. I'm like, what the fuck are we doing? I, I, I look right now. I look like The Rock and I'm getting the fuck out of here. And even then, what happens is you end rock. up. You end up having Black Adam yells, that's why they call me Black Adam. And he ends up, everybody has the power. It's a weird line. And you had that little bit before where at the last second, there's a lot of last second setups. Like, you know, right. Oh, by the way, Dick Grayson, if I get the darkness taken from me, it's going to look for the next closest person. Oh, my God, it's you. And he ends up getting the idea of this, though, is Black Adam actually did end up stopping Deathstroke from being the darkness deal. Why don't they all just blast Dick Grayson when he comes out and just makes him normal? Then they could dissipate well, we it as well. We don't do that because, because Dick well, Grayson because has to take the darkness do and it. think back about how he would do things as opposed to how Batman does things, and really show that how he's the light in the DC universe because he's going to take all that great darkness and he's going to actually be able to overcome it with his own will of strength. And I'm like, and, and right. never really explained how or what. It's just that he's a great guy and he doesn't. Yeah. And even throughout all this, Deathstroke starts yelling. You know, my kids have been treated like shit. And then I, I right away I'm yelling, it was you who did it, asshole. But then he says, I know it was me who did it, but still. <laughs> and then they're fighting. And then at one point, Dick Grayson says, this isn't like you. No, it is. It's like him. But still, you have all that going on. And then of the mind, Dick Grayson just accepting, well, Batman, he was in the dark. But I like the light and I like the dark. Really, all of this issue, almost all, except the Black Adam stuff, but that still goes with the lightning. All this story is based on is, oh, there's a great darkness. Well, you know what's going to stop that? The light. It, yeah. it all, it, it, that's what it, Dr. The light, light, okay, she'll be there. Oh, my God. Like, why didn't you have at some point, you know, Black Lightning going at? There's a lot of other characters that could have been involved in this. And at the end, you have hokey Hail Mary plays that aren't explained. Which isn't I mean, even the worst of it for me because you have all of this setup, all the stuff we've gone through this entire event. So when you actually do take Deathstroke down, Dick Grayson takes out the Great Darkness because he is the Great Dick Grayson and can just do it. Our heroes have saved the day. Like, you know, Rosen goes and talks Deathstroke out of being an asshole. The end. Everybody's just kind of zapped away who was a big threat, who was controlled by the Great Dark. That was the best. Donna Troy yells. They're like, where's the Dark Armies? Like, they came back where they went from. That's the worst (laughs) part about it, because you are just, okay, we we stopped the Great Darkness. Pariah is gone. Okay, where's all the other threats we have? I don't know. Dark Side, he's back on Apocalypse. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, now, is this still the final form Dark Side that was the biggest threat in the Omniverse when Infinite Frontier started? Or it's just it's just Darkseid, or even the idea when Darkseid became this thing when the Omniverse was created at post-Death Metal, when he killed the Quintessence. Jim Corrigan is again binding with the Spectre and stands with the restored Quintessence. So the Quintessence, just restored, no real reason, nothing given. It's just there so we can go back to a status quo. And it's like, oh, Legion of Doom, they escaped. They're better up to no good. They did nothing. 
Where were but they the whole the time? the idea that for some reason, with King Deathstroke being a conduit for the Great Darkness after Priya went and, went and died and went to heaven, whatever the hell you want to believe happened to him, oh, Slade's body was ravaged by the darkness. When it was purged, it stripped him of the serum that gave him his powers to begin with. He's alive, but in constant pain. Our machines hold it off as best they can while we decide what to do with him. So Slade is just an old man ravaged by fucking time and like has no super soldier serum. Like, why? I'm still trying to figure out why the Great Darkness grabbed a hold of him when he was put into a Lazarus uh, pit and he didn't even get his eye back. But now everything's stripped from him just because I'm like, you have but it's given not stripped no, from Dick Grayson. Right? Exactly. He's you, good. You've He's given good no go. reason, though, for anything that you're just saying happens and we're moving. It's all on made up so shit. Disappointing. Like you said, at least you can sit there in Final Crisis and say wishing machine. Yeah. I mean, at least you have that. You that can makes say, sense. At least you, you can say how it ended. Machine. Yeah, you're like, I hate it, but I know that it was that. In this, if somebody years from now says, how did it end? Well, Dick Grayson cut like, That's all you have. Dick Grayson kind of took the darkness inside of him, but he was so good that it ran away and went to sleep. I don't even know. And even then, when he's talking to Batman and he's trying to, you know, can tell Batman how he did it. Hey, how'd you do it there, buddy? Well, you know, I, I ended up thinking about all our good times and when you died, I didn't believe it. And here's the candle that I ended up I at. Swear Batman my just oath grabs that. it and breaks it in half. I'm telling you, all these inconsistencies and things that just show up out of nowhere to finish the story off because we really had no way to do it. When we get to this part where Dick Grayson is telling Batman how he beat it and the idea of he's kept this candle that Bruce made him swear to in the darkness by a candlelight about you know, per- being Robin and preserving justice along the lines. That the is thing that one of the Dick most Grayson, important now, things just the idea life, he's, right? He's kept this candle with him this entire time. He's telling Batman how he just saved the fucking day because of how great of a guy he is because how this started his life with this fucking candle he's kept. Batman grabs it and just breaks it from like, Bruce Wayne, you are the biggest piece of shit I've ever seen in my life. Look, I know you're going to tell me that Dick Grayson's a great guy. He don't need it, but you don't do shit like that. I'm telling you, this is as tone deaf as The Last Jedi was for Star Wars fans. You go in and that, even at the end of Force Awakens, when no, Luke no. throws the, the, this thing over his Look, head, the lightsaber. I'm, I'm going to keep it in DC Comics where it's as tone deaf as when uh, Damien said that Batman blamed him for killing Alfred. And he's like, well, it wouldn't have happened if I was there. This ends up almost being like, oh, nostalgia. Fuck that. We're going forward. You're great. You're the best ever. We don't need this shit. Yeah, yeah, he did. This is something. You can't try to take that away from Nightwing or Dick Grayson. That's his thing. And he ends up, you know, really opening up about it. He breaks the candle. Nope. Looks like you're not going to have that need anymore. This. Yeah, but I kind of liked it, asshole. And he says, I appreciate that you kept the candle, but, you know, I ended up not doing this, and I went into the darkness. I'm like, get out of here. And then that's where he says, but I, the candle in my life was you. You were the Robin who ended up bringing. Why couldn't he just say all of the Robins? Because it really. Well, you had me. I had a goddamn candle, and you just broke it. Yeah, yeah, but he ends up breaking himself. Then take that, Batman. But yeah, all this going on, and I love at one point where they're like, "Okay, well, what happens? You know, you're going to rebuild the Justice League, right? I mean, all this build up, and he looks over to just rubble. I'm trying to think. Us. I spent way longer than I probably should have with the idea of what are we going to do with the Justice League, and he's like, "There is no Justice League." When we have this thing. I don't know what I'm looking at. Like, I love the art in this book. I think it's the, the strongest point of the entire event it has been the art all the way through. And there's really a lot a, of artists on this. In this exactly. Book, yeah. You have a lot going on, but it remains consistent in my mind. When Batman looks over, I don't know what we're looking at and why it's relevant to us because the idea like this hole in the ground, which with things that might look like they're supposed to be tombstones, but they're not, that are like, you know, maybe symbolizing maybe something. I don't know, but how about this? It, it wouldn't said, have been as that? easy as looking over and seeing the statues that they had made them when they died that are kind of toppled and crumbled. Yeah. That, wouldn't that have been pretty good? 
They like there is no more Just League. Very symbolic. We got to you know what this is. No, I, I didn't either. I'm like, oh, well, there you go. Maybe that's that crater. He transferred it over from when he fell from. I, I think it's. Moon. I think it's that hole that we have in the backyard and freaking the movie The Gate where those little demons maybe come out of. That's it. He's like, I don't like them little is demons. Is it in there? I'm not don't getting do it. in there. Uh oh. Maybe that's Geoforce's hole he made for the Shadow Wars. That's called prison. Uh, yeah. So you end up where. Even that, you know, you go through this. All right, let's see. What, oh, we're not going to have a Justice League. All right, then that's real cool. Uh, and so all this and then they like, I think I want you to lead the Justice League, Dick Grayson. Well, I got like, some all ideas. Right, I got some ideas. But even before that, you do have these little vignettes as they're getting to. And it just feels like it's a watered down rebirth. The idea of families reunited, the heroes who started it all return. It really feels to me like. They're trying to grab there's, onto that rebirth there's feel, and there's no Jordan feel. And Barry Allen, man, them kids, brave in the bold, am I right? You got it, buddy. Let's move on. Don't you want to be with the family? Because I have a family. You don't. Boy, I have an entire core. I got the biggest family of them all. Brave in the bold. Yeah, yeah. and I'm, I'm sitting there, and I'm telling you, Antonio Cromarty uh, begs to differ, Eric. Take that. You don't know what I'm talking about. Don't. But somebody's going to laugh at that. I ended up laughing. I'm like, bigger than Antonio Cromarty. Nobody has a family that big. But you end up, even that is like, that's supposed to be this feel. Like, you're supposed to be at this point. If you're writing this properly, in, in a, even in a movie, these are the points where you were so uh, excited and so worried and on the edge of your seat that now we can relax and everything like this will be funny. It will be very like, oh, my God, oh, you do have a because you're so relieved that you had won the day. At this point, I'm still wondering how the fuck they ended up winning. That when you started, oh, my family's bigger. Get the fuck out of here, you asshole. Take them all out. I don't need you. And even then, you have Mr. Terrific in this book. He he ends up, his catchphrase is, hey, that's terrific. Ooh, that's, fa-. get out of town. He's, point, there smi- cool. he's smiling it up the whole time. No, it's, hey, we're going to do this. That seems fair with this, I don't even know, this plastered on smile. Where He's was happy. Justice League incarnate through this whole thing? They were supposed to be. They have a Dr. Multiverse on their team, and yet they're nowhere to be found in all of this. They should have been there to put that infinite earth together, not just the Flash and out of nowhere, Hail Mary, Dr. Light. None of the setup meant shit. Now, tell me about this. We, we, had, the, we had this little bit, like, you know, every, as everybody's trying to repair the Hall of Justice and talk about what's going on, pretty much a debrief of the situation when you have... Zatanna give the orders, or not the orders, but the explanation. The great darkness continues to rest quiet again and unconcerned with us. It proves that Pariah's machine allowed him to tap into just a fraction of the darkness's true power. And then how, but then how Jordan says, so Pariah was never connected to the great darkness. It was all in his head. I'm like, that, that's I'm, what you I'm just, saying. You just went against what I just thought you were trying to say, where he had a fraction, connected a fraction of his power. He was never connected. It was all in his head. I'm like, I don't know. You're trying to tell me. Give me the double talk. Aaron. Earlier, the double talk was, oh, my God, Pariah, he was insane. He wasn't talking to the great darkness at all. He corrupted the all. great darkness. And then the next sentence is, but what he made, oh, wait, uh, no, you, you just went no against yourself. I have no idea what happened. Williamson doesn't know. He has no explanation for any of this. So right there shows you again. And the idea, really, you say it again, the great darkness, is it's still out there. They didn't win. It's just there. Well, you it can't was get rid of the great darkness. And you're talking about the idea, though, that they they might have been fighting 1% of it, like the way that they're explaining. But then they say we weren't even no, connected. Only a fraction. So with that, you, you're you just setting up that. So the next crisis, you could just throw it out there. It's just bullshit. Nothing happened. We got the Just League back. 
but they're not going to make a Justice League. Oh, we get Black Adam who saves the day because he agrees with Legacy. And even when you come out, really the idea of what won it for Dick Grayson, he comes out with the darkness and yells, you know what I like? Legacy! And starts fighting Deathstroke. And that was how it purged the dark. I, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. There's no explanation. So you throw in Black Adam and share the powers but then they're just gone. Like, nobody even comments on that. Or like, man, I, I think that's pretty cool. Them powers. Or, man, let's, they're just gone. They're, everybody's just in a karate pose, standing there with their, you know, shaking their fist. But that didn't do anything. No, you None didn't of see this anything did anything. Yeah, nothing happened. You just see a lot. Again, you see some of the lightning going around. They're like, oh, my God, I think we got rid of the darkness. All right. right. When it's you all said and done, it. they all get teleported away for whatever reason. So who cares? Or they scurry away. Nobody, nobody is a held accountable nobody for won. anything that happened here. There's no winners. Only losers. Dark and the leaders. apocalypse now, right? We but, don't even know what he is. Exactly. I have no idea where if he's the final form, the normal form that we had before. Death metal. Don't know anything about it. It's just the quintessence. All the stakes of that completely gone. So it doesn't matter anyway. And even with that, Hera had been brought Thank back. Thank God Hera's back, right? Hera can go. Oh, she's already. Now, now Hera's like, all that time we were gone, I was thinking about this story with Milk. And they're like, please, we heard about it while we were dead. It's a terrible story. But you but end ultimately, up ultimately we have an epilogue where for some reason we're gonna bring the Young Justice TV series villains, the light, the conglomerate, all of the villains kind of thing that we had in that to this. We have no idea who the members of the light are now. I don't think it's gonna be Vandal Savage again leading this. But for some reason, Amanda Waller, who has her Justice Squad and has taken over Earth 3 all of this time and didn't do anything during Dark Crisis, she has come to the light and asking for like a like a help to a degree like uh, the allowance to do something They're like well you never want to play at the light why should we do anything with you now it's like because the meta humans have to be killed they're getting too goddamn up the other i'm going to take my team we're going to wipe them out because they're just going to try to like you know take us down in the end and at the end you have amanda waller who's been given the orders to go with to kill the meta humans that are going to bother us and we just have the idea like where are we at with amanda waller is she still on earth three i don't know because we have peacemaker we have a looks like a new character, Peace Wrecker. We have a monstrous blood sport behind her, and it looks like we have Mark Wade's fusion of Batman, Superman, and Green Lantern, but a weird altered version where it's a Jokerized Bizarro fusion of Batman and Superman with a yellow lantern. And ring. again, so I don't know. It's just just Joshua Williamson is. is like going so crazy with the idea of an Earth three, the opposite deal of it. So, but it it doesn't play out. That's what they do have, and that's the funny thing. They do have that one Earth. That is just like opposite Earth, but it's not bizarre. It's all crazy. I was going through the whole new infinite. Like, I don't you know, know if Peace Records is going to be like an Earth Eleven version of Peacemaker or something along those lines, or nothing. But this, there's a monstrous Doomsday blood sport behind them. Is all I know. Yeah, yeah. So you end up with that, and again, though, remember when we started this? We get done Death Metal, and the big play was, hey, everybody, I'm gonna. We even had Earth rebelling against, you know, our heroes and saying. The heroes end up All fucking everything up. They always end up rebooting, but they benefit from that. Get we never ahead. do. So we're going to we're gonna go against them because they cannot be trusted. That's almost what you do here. We can't trust the heroes, but we also can't just trust the metas. Don't wait till Lazarus Planet happens. It's like the same thing again. It's recent. But that and the worst part is that Infinite Frontier that spelled that out coming out was Joshua Williamson. And it seems yeah. like he's replaying things. He ended up dropping some things that he had leading into this all of a sudden because we we ended up you didn't really see a lot of the multiversal things that you the thought omniverse. you were going to get. You know, yeah, like and the that, even Earth that. and the Elseworld. Remember, we had the Omniverse, which they said it's unlimited, but the Infinite, Front, the Infinite Earth is supposed to end up impressing us. 
Because what do we have now? You ended up saying a bunch of bullshit that ended up not coming. I was going to make the joke where somebody at the end is like, what about the Omega? They're like, shut up. We don't need to talk about that now because it's not a thing, I guess. And so everything just got pushed aside. It got or it hasn't always turned. been because we have infinite Earths back. You can have whatever you want. Yeah, just I think that they would have put it on that stupid thing. But yeah, that it is a the idea of having infinite Earths could be cool. But the idea, I think, is what it is, is you can explain everything away with it. It's like magic now. If I say, oh, my God, that doesn't make sense. Oh, it might be on one of those infinite Earths. And you even have it later where people are now trying to explain the Mark Wade stuff in the world side well it might be one of those but it's all just going to be an explanation deal and it's just nonsense it really ends up being something that i i don't think that this will be looked at kindly later i think it'll just be forgotten and my big play in this is after nonsense like heroes in crisis which wasn't a crisis but you threw the crisis title in and now you have this dark the crisis name means nothing anymore it's done it really isn't big you've really made it nothing and even Scott Snyder fighting against because they wanted to call all that metal stuff the crisis, even dark call crisis. it dark crisis, yeah. the metal deal. And then with death metal, they wanted to do it again. And they, so it just I don't think that the crisis deal means anything to anybody uh, going forward until they can prove that it does mean something. And just as a last second deal, the tie ins were all bullshit. You sure. ended up having Young Justice show up here and say. What did we miss? Like, really? I, I sat through that well, shit show. I can't show. say a good story, but it was better than yours. Yeah, I sat through a shit show of a fucking book that really was just yelling at my man Eric Shea here for being toxic. And then we get back and they're like, what happened? What the hell happened? And then those worlds without a Justice League, all bullshit. The only ones that I didn't mind were the Flash ones. Agreed. And even, even some of those other one shots. Fuck that. People like that Big Bang way more than we did, but. All it was was just, hey, everybody, look at this. I love it. At the end, they're like, this is a crime scene. The they one have where to they make the anti-monitor chump? Yeah, yeah, the chump. Eh? So you end up where, by the end, this this was bullshit. And you know why I really know it's bullshit? The last month or so, DC has been mums the word about this crap, and they're really starting to push heavy on the Lazarus planet. And so really, they What's realize. The next big thing? Yeah, well, the next big thing, it's coming out in a couple weeks. So that you know, you end up where they just said "fuck this" and we'll move That's on. That's just good marketing. They got everything they could out of this series. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's bad. And and just the Flash stuff, I liked, and it was that was more of a classic deal where you had one of the books in the regular run, search for you know, kind of going with that. And eh, it was okay. So what would you give this? Ultimately, I think the art's the strongest point about this. There are some big moments you like you can see, like you know. You can look at a lot of these and say the wow moments that are fan service that you might be able to get behind. Sadly, I was not able to get behind a lot of it because it just seemed out of nowhere, unexplained, and just happened for the sake of happening. So ultimately, I'm going to give this a 5 out of 10. Oh, just a 5, not an FU 5? Just I have a 5 to out of 10. That's an unacceptable 5, I think, Eric. I've given it a 4 out of 10. I didn't enjoy it. I like the art enough, but the art didn't pull anything through for me. And in fact, some of the panels, because of a lack of story, like I said, that one where everybody's fighting, it's a clusterfuck. They're all just, you know, doing things that didn't really mean anything. Yeah, it just, it didn't mean anything, though. And by the end of that rubble and Batman saying, we've had that same panel like every issue, like five times. So I just had enough. I wanted a story. Yeah, I didn't like that panel. I'm telling you, it just looks like a clusterfuck. You, You can't have a fight like that where everybody's just everywhere at once just it looks like you're gonna end up punching your buddy 
I mean, the, when they get the powers of You've been watching Shazam, the Shazam, the war movies cool. when you have stuff like, you know, um, the hell is it like, well, I mean, like Game of Thrones, but what the hell was that Mel Gibson one where he was the Scottish guy? The Braveheart. Braveheart, thank you. I cannot think. But the idea when you have all of those guys just rushing to each other like that, and I'm like, I was watching Game of Thrones, or I don't know if there's a new one or the old show, whatever it was, just had it, but if I'm in these battles, I am killing so many of my own men because how does anybody know who anybody is? Well, that would be the case. I'm looking at this battle. I just wanted to pull up the battle again. I don't know who Aquaman's fighting. He looks like, and it's funny, it looks like a little Aquaman is stabbing a giant Black Adam in the head. Then you have Superman, who he's at least going for Deathstroke. Wonder Woman's running somewhere. Dark Side's shooting somebody on the other side. Like, there's no clear Kilowog, I thought. Every, yeah, he's there, but he's kind of there. And you have Yara Floor. She's being whipped around by, it's just nonsense. And actually, if you look, there's like three villains going in the main Deathstroke. Not a lot of villains on that panel with all of these heroes doing their nonsense. I think the funny play is now I look, Lex in the power suit is at the very top left corner, blasting somebody off panel. Everybody's doing stuff off panel. Oh, my goodness. But, yeah, it, it, it ends up being again. Hey, everybody, Nightwing's great, but I'm, I'm a four out of ten. We're going to move on to the next book, which is setting up the next event. What is that, Eric? I, I don't have the, the, the stuff for this one. No, you don't. I thought you said you had Batman versus Robin. Oh, so you know what? I totally did say that. I have no idea why. I'm sitting here looking <laughs> at the book, waiting for you to give the credits. Well, I have it right here, but Batman versus Robin. Oh, no, I totally do. I have it. I can do it. Batman versus Robin, number four, written by Mark Wade with art by Mahmoud Azrar, uh, Scott Gagulski, Jordi Belair, and Steve Lyons. I'm telling you, for some reason, totally blanked on the idea that this is mine, even though it led out of the Robin series, which it was mine and I was all about. So there's obviously this whole thing, but... There is a you, problem, because we don't really do a lot of written reviews now, and there was usually clear-cut which books we had. But yeah, yeah you know, go with no, that. We even, we even discussed before, and who was doing one, I'm like, oh, I got this one, don't worry, buddy, and... <laughs> <laughs> like I'm, actually, 464. I'm like, holy shit, I gotta go and grab my notes. Holy but moly. no, this this whole thing about you know we are dealing with the devil Nassau, the repercussions of the Robin series with Lazarus Island, and even going to the Lazarus planet stuff that we're dealing with. It's just at this point in time when we're at the pseudo ending to our series because we're getting into number five. But we're not getting that till the end of February when we're already dealing with it, like Lazarus. Yeah, I think that'll stuff. be more of an epilogue type deal but because this whole when that thing, goes. Where Batman is trying to get to the Devil Nessa and also trying to get to his son who's been controlled by the Devil Nessa. He's already fought off all the mind-controlled Robins. And now we're just going to have the idea where we're going to walk through the cave on Lazarus Island where Damian Wayne, dressed as you know a young Batman 666 version of himself, is going to fight his father. And it takes a long time to fucking do anything in this goddamn story. Pretty much telling you, you know what, my son, I don't know if you know this, everybody, and obviously... Batman's talking to himself, so hopefully he doesn't think he's talking to us and breaking the fourth wall, but he's like, I don't know if you know this, Batman, but your own son, he was raised by the League of Assassins. He has so many teachers, it's it's incountable, and I also taught him. It is a lot of just recap for just Batman and Robin basic knowledge as we have the idea that we have Black Alice going and absorbing all these magical beings and putting their powers into the Helm of Fate, and we just have this whole thing. We are collecting magical powers, putting the Helm of Fate, making it one of the most powerful weapons in the universe at this point in time and ultimately we just have batman get his ass kicked until he yells tell y'all go where tell just goes and kicks the helmet so batman can put it on and now the game is finally on but by this point the issue was pretty much already over at this because it's just batman versus his son because it's in the title batman versus robin but it doesn't mean anything you know what's weird the weird play of this is is i ended up as i'm reading it i'm like okay yeah it's batman versus robin number four but really what it felt like was 
Lazarus Planet Special Zero. Yeah. It ended up because what it's a weird play because the people what they seem to be doing is recapping a lot of things, thinking that anybody who's going to be wanting to get into Lazarus Planet will just read this last issue here and they need to recap the stuff that that's what it felt like. So if you were going to do that, make this a Lazarus Planet Zero, make it a special day. They do it all the time, but it seems like, oh no, we have to finish this, you know, story here. In the the trade, whatever, but it really does feel like this is more of a setup for it. Well, it so, is. I mean, at the end, you end up getting the you know the whole volcano exploding and things right like now, that. So this says with everything involved with you know the ads and stuff like that in the cover that this is forty five pages. It takes the issue uh, page seventeen for Batman to put the helm on for this book to feel like it really does get started because that's usually when you're wrapping things up. Exactly. I mean, if you don't know, they're usually about twenty one pages of a deal, and so when you go through it, a lot of it is recap and set up for this fight i don't mind some of the things one of the things that threw me off too because not everybody's reading the monkey prince book but we've had a bunch of things that but were Jim, saying oh my god the monkey, prince is involved. The, last, the monkey prince is involved didn't we and establish I, in the last issue of the monkey prince is probably the most important book going well, on we did, right and now? that's my my play though <laughs> is just as i'm reading it i'm like why do i still feel like i'm behind the, you know the whole deal like we're i'm still waiting for this stuff to happen in the monkey prince from two issues of this now and we had in the monkey prince shifu pigsy he did disappear now he's just there he's doing things and it feels like a disconnect for even reading that book well if you, but, if you remember the last issue though he like it actually came out where batman versus robin number three came out shifu pigsy was there and we were told that we had to wait for the monkey prince to find out so then in that in the monkey prince we saw where he was kidnapped by the you know, but the that devil was, you know what i mean and that was most of yeah, but even the setup for king fireball and things it feels like that should have been set up more. I mean, when he ends up coming in here, well, even Fireball if you have been being reading the, the son of the devil, Nezhal, yeah. or the adopted son for however it's going to play out, you know, you killed my real parents. Yeah, I don't know yeah, how it's yeah. going to play out. Yeah. But also him being the, the big bad of the monkey prince, but only on the periphery because it's not really, really shown all that much in the whole thing. It's just that I find that to be the, like the most underwhelming part because you need to tie in the monkey print stuff that you've been doing, which, you know, it just felt like it was a random bit of nonsense to try to give you an origin for the monkey prince that was an out of continuity story. Now we've got to force that into continuity. So out of nowhere, the, the Red Bull's King or whatever, however the fuck his name was, is King now the Fire son. Bull, yeah. King Fireball. King yeah. Fireball is now just the son of the devil Nezha, and now he's going to be a big problem for the devil Nezha. I'm like, huh. That's how that works, does it? We we have read every issue and reviewed it. If people I'm wanted telling to you, listen. What, is, what is the Devil Nezha? You know, with the like the League of like the League of Lazarus on Lazarus Island, the Lazarus Demon. What does he have to do with the Great Darkness that got Deathstroke infected Nothing. by the Great That's Darkness? That's what I'm saying. They, like, there's so many things. Uh, later on, I will laugh when we get into the flashbook. Where I think Jeremy Adams gives a wink, wink of all the nonsense that has you know, happened. He does but a it, great job of doing. He does, that. and it felt like classic, like almost Silver Age way that he it's did it too. It was so good. Was there, right? Because he was off doing other <laughs> stuff. Was the best. It's like, man, I saw him all over that dark crisis. That made me laugh. But in this, maybe you could have tied a little bit more in, but you didn't. And like I said, we're reading and reviewing all the issues of Monkey Prince. So if you are reading this and you didn't read Monkey Prince, you go, boy, I feel like I've been left behind. With this King Fireball, don't worry, because people who are reading that book were left behind just like you because we barely got them. It and is that's a bit out of nowhere. I thought it, yeah, it's, and that's where in this issue. There was a brief issue, mention last issue, but pretty much here he shows up. But he, we haven't really seen more than like a, a, a panel or maybe a page or so of the King Fireball in the Monkey Prince series. And so, and yeah, and it, it basically on he's his just fire got, planet. Remember, he's got his cronies out doing yeah. nonsense. Well, it's a civil powers, horn right? demon. That's all he's doing, off. yeah. So. 
when you get this and you throw this, I know they want to get this whole deal with the monkey prince in this last but For some reason, they think that's the way. You didn't need it. It was like going a step too far. We're here to see. Is he going to be like sideways Nezha? in Dark Crisis? I, yeah. We're, we, yeah, really. Uh, we're here to see, obviously, Batman versus Robin. But I want to see what's going on with Nezha. And when you start throwing the Fireball stuff in this issue, it does feel out of nowhere. It feels a little rushed because we don't know anything about it. And it just feels forced. It feels unnecessary because really what we want to see is, I mean, really, a lot of this issue ends up being, yeah, damn, I want to see that Batman with the Hall of Fate on. Let's see what well, that no, that's, happens. That's the only reason I'm here because once I started realizing the Batman versus Robin, I know it's on the title. It's not something I ever wanted because I thought that Batman and Robin were finally in a good place and I never wanted this to be a thing that would happen because it felt like it would tear all of that progression that we had down. But, you know, Damien's like under the influence of the devil. Nassau. It's not his fault right now. He is under a magical spell. Batman is here to free him, son. You got to have a fight, but it's the least interesting part of this book. Yeah, but well, once- they're just yelling out moves. Oh, I, I mean, know. it's and like a fighting game, right? Page after page, and it's not even fun. But when you have Batman put on the helm of fate, though, and he, you know, it grows those bad ears because for some reason it's just cooler when it has bad ears. But when you have the devil Nassau and Batman now fighting with magic, doing all these different things, this is a bunch more pages, and Batman just started, man, I shouldn't be good with magic, but I can do a little bit, and apparently it's enough. Ultimately, it's just Devil Nassau getting tired of his bullshit, grabbing the helm, saying, no, this is mine, and then Batman struggling, the helm breaking, and then the pieces falling into the Lazarus pit that all of a sudden is going to cause it to explode, to have our giant like you know, Lazarus volcano, which is going to get Lazarus planet going, because when you have magic and Lazarus fluid combined, it creates metahumans across the I'm world. I'm telling you, Eric, I don't know what it means or whatnot, but I kind of like that ending. I was like, all right, I, I'm, I'm telling run. you. Yeah, well, what I don't like, though, I think that Mark Wade misses the, the boat a couple times, and one of the things where Batman's doing is in a monologue, and he says, oh, man, usually I'd beat the living shit out of Damien. But right now, I thought he was going to say, like, but I'd never do that to my son. But I know that he's being controlled and I wouldn't hurt a little boy. He ends up saying, but the reason he's tired because he went through the gauntlet of Robins. He actually Why is so gauntlet wrong. I don't know. But in that, this is a try hard asshole who basically is pleading to Look, us I've to realize you try to play sports with your kids. it would be me. It would be me if I ended up going and I ended up all of a sudden my kids are beating me. I would go to you and make up some fucking excuse. But I would go with the real Shin one. Of like, I got you. No, I would just say, hey, little kids. I'm like, but you would know that's not the truth. <laughs> but so he ends up saying, and it just, it threw me oh, off. Oh, that don't, damn gauntlet. I don't know why he had to do that. He says, normally I would be winning. But right now I'm not because dot, dot, dot. In the gauntlet of rod. No, because Look, you love your son and you don't want to kill there. him. Please that's just it. get to that point. Just so tell you me need that. to do is say that. Even before he says, Hey, Talia, part, you know, oh my God, she's always trying, but I'll never let him go to that darkness because I'm he's his my boy. And yeah. he's my boy. But then it's right after that that he says, The reason I'm not beating the shit of him right now is too tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. But fine he, all day, he did the vain shit. I mean, seriously, that is the way yeah. to beat Batman. Just tire him out. That's always the case. And even then, you end up having him going around doing this nonsense with Damien, and he's letting Damien beat the crap at him, but not. And then when you end he's up breaking going, bones. Yeah, I know. He's like, hey, lay. and I don't mind Damien like talking shit and stuff like that. That's always fun. But it, it's too long. It ends up taking too long. So then when you get to the point where, you know, you're going to put on the helm of fate. That's pretty cool, though. It is in cool. my mind, That's all I'm here for. I think Mark Wade's going a little too far. Batman almost seems like if I put on the helm of fate, like, oh, what is this magic stuff? 
I know that Batman doesn't love magic, but he's had a lot of, you know, he's had some experience with things. And I, but I like when you end up having, and I wish it was more visual that you had the help from people. Like he's like everybody who they sucked at, they're helping me. I would have liked a little, like, you know, I don't know, like a big uh, spread page with all the oh, characters Johnny, that you end up going. You want to talk about and, the idea that you want to have that father-son moment to show that Batman really cares and not just second-guess everything by saying he's tired and that's the only reason that Damien's not, you know, and that he's not beating Damien. You do have the moment, though, which actually does piss me off, but it's a little bit okay, where he, Batman goes and sacrifices himself to save Damien from the devil Nezza and takes a full demon blast to the chest, which ends up killing him. And all I could think at this point in time was, you just died in the current Batman series. I mean, this guy series. is dead everywhere, you died in, right? Like, going into Dark Crisis, and you just came back for that, and now you're dead going into the freaking planet. And the whole thing is, it makes me upset because I know that we need him, and the only way we can get him back now is some convoluted bullshit. Where Black Alice is there, she's somebody who like can siphon off magic, and now for this series, she can put it in other things for some reason. But the idea is, well, that Devil Nessa, he he's a magical being, right? His blood. It's essentially Lazarus fluid, so I'm going to siphon his blood out, cover the Batman in it magically, and bring him back to life. There you go. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. We got the Batman back. Run, there's the Lazarus volcano. It's so bad. The thing is, I know that the idea that we don't like things that are out of nowhere. I also don't like when at the beginning of an issue, you say something that you're like, why the hell are you telling us that? Because you end up having Nessa in his bath. He's taking a bubble bath. He is in the Lazarus. Oh, my God. How does the Lazarus affect you that way? It's soothing you, says Mother, you know, so, oh, you don't realize it's because it's flowing through me. It's a, okay, that's why you, you know, end I, up at I the I end. I sometimes take baths in my fluids as well, and, it, like, you know, it, it's pretty soothing. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Then they're like, I take out of thee the shower of gold, and then get it, and I'm like, oh, no, I'm not into that shit. Hooray. What are you doing there? Uh, so you end up where... Somebody will say, but but it is set up, Jim and Eric. Is it? No, no, it's forced in the beginning of the issue out of nowhere to then use later. And I think that that's more hokey. I, I can't stand when you do stuff. That's what they were kind of doing the whole time like in the Dark de- Crisis. I that's don't even feel that did. the devil Nassau was originally the Lazarus demon that took control of Connor Hawk that we had. I think it was all just kind of shoehorned in. Man, everything looked weird. And then you end up even with some things that I actually did like the stuff. You know, when Talia, her mother, and Damien, you know, they're going at it. And at the Everybody's end, Damien, a bitch in the Elgul Yeah, family. well, Damien doesn't want to end up letting, the, you know, his grandmother soul. die. She's going to die. I didn't you know, mind that. Well, Talia's going to kick her into a ravine or a, a crevasse. She's going to go. Damien's like, no more killing. I'm going to save you. And Mother Soul is holding on for dear life to little Damien's hand. And he's, you know what she says to him? Fuck you. And let's go. <laughs> like and that, like, yeah. let's herself die because she's not going to let a little bastard that just beat her again save her life. These Al Gold's bunch of pieces of shit. I'd love it where you have the boy. He brought it to my eyes. <laughs> it's a very, it's a very quick play. So I'd love the idea where you have to like, hey, you know, Damien's going to save me. No, he won't. Why do you say that, my daughter Talia? Well, it's because I'm his mother. Damien's like, time out. You, you had me killed, bitch. I'm not held. I don't listen to you. We don't talk about that anymore. As that goes on, Mother Soul, she already fell, so it doesn't matter. They're there arguing <laughs> semantics. Well, actually, you did this. Well, you went and picked your father over me. It's just everybody where the only thing that we don't have, it's not happening in the parking lot of Burger King as they're being said, you know, the whole deal of the weekends for the father. That's Do all I- we need. We need that big argument there. Yeah, that great play place. Yeah, yeah. So you end up well while you're playing. 
the battle's really heated up over there in the parking lot. <laughs> and that's what always happens. When you end up where the kids like looking out and they're all pointing and yelling. Well, it could be other. one of those good weekends where they're just kind of chilling out and smoking weed be. together. Yeah, that might, well, there you go. There's Eric James. Child. It was the 80s. I, I actually just thought you were going to say, you know, it might have been one of those times where they actually weren't angry at each other. Yeah, they're just yes, that means they were drawing drugs. Maybe a handy J in the back seat. Who Maybe. knows? You know, that's why your mom always said to bring a lot of coats with you in the back seat, right? A lot of coats. But you end up where all this is going down. You do have the wow moment. Batman has the helm of fate. I like the idea. But even then, it's like that weird deal. I'm going to send bodies to where they need to be and protect them, but not black. It's very odd. But you get to where you need to be. And I don't mind the helmet. You know, the helm of no, fate the, getting helm destroyed into so- Lazarus. I hope that they deal with bringing back the helm, right? Well, we have to. You see on all these covers yeah. for the stuff, for the promotional stuff for Lazarus Planets. I'm like, this has to get back together. But even the idea, like, you want to have Batman have this ultimate source of power, but you also had the, the thing shattered with all this magical power of all these other beings inside of it that went yeah, to Lazarus. Yeah. I, I don't even know how you do it, but you have to bring it back because you're also cucking Dr. Fate in this whole thing if you keep it destroyed. Well, and maybe, I don't know. And the only thing that I thought was off, well, it's it's made up nonsense. I know that. But I think it sounds kind of cool. I like the idea of seeing what that means going into Lazarus Planet. What I really, though, wish we had is a better panel than just this big, giant, you know, you have the light. Batman doesn't want Nezha to take the helmet off. He's doing this, and you have this big explosion. You kind of see the helmet cracking, right, going up. But then you just look like they're throwing shit in a wishing well. It really didn't play out well of an epic. That's an epic thing that's happening there. And it just looks like pieces of the thing going in the Lazarus and then that bubbles. I want it more. I wish that it was like a spread page and you saw something going on. But it's pretty cool. And as you have that, though, Nessa is still like, I don't care what you did. He does a little bit of a Greta. Says, how, how dare, dare you? you? And he's about but to oh, kill no, Batman, my, right? My boy has showed up to subdue me, so I better teleport away and leave all my like enemies here to get away and themselves. And that's the big play. Damien comes in, tries to do something. Then he ends up getting distracted at the end. He has to get out of there. But, you know, you have to have Batman die before that, which really at this point is like eye-rolling because of how many times he's died in Recently. the recent past. I mean, just all over the place. This guy can't stay alive. He's got to start listening to the Bee Gees. That's what he says. Please stay alive, Batman. Please. But yeah, and all that is where, oh no, the island is exploding. They're ending up getting Batman out. I love how this is almost a Tom King deal as well. Batman just comes back from the dead. I know it's Lazarus, whatnot, but we're not even playing the idea of him being insane or anything, which used to be, you know, there were some ramifications of it. The guy can't even barely walk a step. Two seconds later, he's full out sprinting. He recovered quickly. Yeah, they're getting on to the end. Also, Damien's there, and he's leaping like he's Jim Cotter. He could just go slightly to the left and go, but he's showing off, and then they're going to go in Talia's Learjet. Again, a, a power I, I just move, think, I think about right? all the stuff that we had in the, the Lazarus, like um, the Lazarus tournament when that was all done, when Damien had all his friends and all these other people seemed to have come to Lazarus Island. And they were hanging. Well, they're making the villages and more places for people to stay. I just imagine... They didn't want to get them off. Devil Nice, no, I'll take them didn't. over, I'm kill them. You. What happened? Don't you remember every remember time Damien came down? They were in those beach parties and shit. <laughs> Damien doesn't go for that. He's running. They're like, aren't there your friends still here? Nope, everybody's gone. You see on the other side of the island, Gilligan and everybody all there partying it up. Let them die. Let them die. They'll be the first to get meta powers. <laughs> all, all the Good rain here. Oh, my goodness gracious. And are we going to have like a 
like a, a nuclear winter, but it's going to be a Lazarus spring. Is that what we're having? I'm not sure you even know gonna, what a nuclear winter it's is. It's going to so. rain all you know, the whole planet gets Let's the Lazarus clouds, in. right? And then boom, they're like, oh my God, I got powers. And they're like, I haven't had powers like these since that Speed Force storm way back in the day. Remember that, people? And then you end up where, boom. I just want to see it's it's the Terrigen mist again. Is what it is because well, everyone's going to get up- meta powers, and we're going to have to have you know Amanda Waller come in with her multiversal justice squad and just start murdering everybody. I'm telling you, there everybody's going to. I'm sitting here. I'm going to get rained on. I'm going to get gonorrhea. That's all I'll get. That's my power. They call me STD. I don't think you need to get rained on for it. You might try to blame the rain, but well, that's what Millie Vanilli did. I mean, look at what happened to those assholes. <laughs> You're fucking Billy Vanilli over here with your gonorrhea. I'm in love with you, girl, girl, girl. That's what I'll be doing, doing that stupid dancing. Blame it on the rain. Oh, that'd be the best. Oh, my <laughs> God. Saying, now, like, see, now you we're really talking. You try to do this with your gonorrhea. I know. <laughs> <Vanilli. laughs> How did that get to Millie Vanilli? Uh, but the idea where is this going to be as hokey as, oh, you know what? We all have the metagene in us, but it has to be activated by the Lazarus. Combined with the helm with of fate, yeah. that's the Cherigen Mist again. So, again, because what powers are you going to get from just a, a fucking... Le- I, I don't get it. Oh, my God. I have the power to, to love. Finally, I actually the power of feeling. Uh, my family probably wouldn't like that. I've already burned those bridges. Well, you can get a new family. A lot of men do it. Uh, in, in the end, well, they're, they're going to end up then getting the power to ignore me, which... They're pretty good at already. Say, they, don't need, be, they don't need rain. Blame it on the rain. It'll be enhanced then. So you'll have that. Yeah, and then I don't know. But in the end, the art's pretty good. I really yeah. wish we would have had a better wow moment when the Helm of Fate got destroyed and went into the Lazarus. But I actually, I don't know. It's it's goofy. It's so goofy to have what happened start this Lazarus planet deal. But I kind of don't mind. I think it's kind of fun. Well, I know and at it was least coming. there's a mystery found- to it. I just found this whole issue leading to this thing that I didn't want, but I'm accepting for the how the like Lazarus Planet starts. Very boring. I'm like, Batman versus Robin is the most boring thing I've ever got. No, not ever, but it's one of the most boring things I've seen recently in DC comics. Oh, wait, you do get a Batman in Dr. Fate helmet, but it's just him saying, man, I'm good with magic, but I shouldn't be, so he's better than me because I don't believe in magic because, you know, logical Batman over here. And then the thing breaks. I'm excited again. Shit happens and the issue's over. But, like, the majority of it is a slog to get through. It is a slog. I, where is the moment when you have Damien say, you know, you never thought of me as your son, but, but you are my son. <laughs> and I'm crying. There isn't a moment of, you like, as Batman's getting the shit kicked out of him and Damien's saying, like, oh, my God, you think it was Alfred. That was, you know, where was that moment where you get the feels where they come together with that? Never was that. You ended up where, again, Batman ended up preparing. And when he prepares to win the day, he ended up going down in that cave the first time, ended up freeing Talia, then went all the way back, which, we, you know, you can't just spring that I on am us suicide. like that. Yeah, that's what it all reminded me of. All of a sudden, the guy's all over the fucking place. We think there's dupes and right hand, left hand nonsense. I don't even know what was going on in that, Eric. But with all that, I still am looking forward to Lazarus plan. I want to see how it is. You have a oh, weird no, so cast much. and it is one it of those things, good. too. Where it is kind of a magic-based deal, you're gonna have a lot of that. That's not my forte, and so I, I'm, I'm kind of, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see where that goes. And for the most part, Mark Wade 
is doing some good things that end up being fun. So I hope that it gets back to that. This feels like an issue where, oh, shit, I got to get the Lazarus planet. Here's what happened. And again, and for some a reason, a we have another issue coming out in two more months. Yeah, and I, I, I swear, I, no I think it's like why. an epilogue type deal because like, the problem is, and I'll, I'll tell everybody, let me ruin all your dreams, Eric, and hopes. I've told Lazarus you. planet starts going exactly. Well, that's just me telling you about my life. And then uh-huh. you realize, you know, I should kill myself. But with that all, a little dark, but we end up where pretty dark. You go through this Lazarus Planet deal. The actual event, the Lazarus Planet event, does seem to end in the Wonder Woman book with the Clone Rads writing it with that War of the Gods type deal that we were talking about. That is part of Lazarus Planet. I think That's that weird. is the finale of it. So hopefully it's good before then, because I'm not counting on them doing anything good. So uh it might end up falling flat, but we'll have to see. And then I think you get you know, this number five issue to kind of push things along. So we'll see how that is. And the ping, most people reviewed it, think, thought that this was the last issue, uh, saying, you know, that's it because it does feel the like it's over. Where it says, well, no, you know, it doesn't seem, but it does feel like this would have been the last issue because you're going to Lazarus Planet. So I ended up telling a lot of people that it wasn't the last issue. Eric, some listened, some did not. Poor people who can't read. Some did not. Don't do <laughs> I'll talk about it later. Uh, well, <laughs> what would you give this? Ultimately, I think the art's fine, and this is not something I think How is great overall, but I think it's fine. It tells a story that needs to tell. I just found this story pretty boring for the finale. It's going to lead us to our next big thing. Yeah, there's some wild moments, some fun stuff throughout the way, but the majority of the issue was a bit boring overall, so I'm going to give it a 6 out of 10. Yeah, I'm giving it a Wolfman Wolf 6 man. as well, Eric. Uh, that's what I call it, but yeah, 6 out of 10 is, is the right score, I think. And I think you agree because that's the score you gave it. We're going to go the to the last book. <laughs> Am I losing my mind? <laughs> I'm getting my notes. We're going to the last book of the section. It is Batman Superman World's Finest, number 10, written by Mark Wade, art by Dan Mora, camera Bonvalent Blancas, Steve Wands uh, on those letters. Pretty cool letters. And this ends up yeah. continuing, you know, the boy Thunder. He's there. And you boy never Thunder. really thought, you never really thought in my mind reading this of, okay, who could this really be? You know Why what would I, I mean? think that? It's a freaking Silver Age character. Why would I have to think that who he really is? And even then, it really wasn't a character then. It was more off of a suit that you ended up having, you know, all that stuff going. So you never, that's why I think that the twist at the end is so good because you never really thought that you were going to get anything because Again, you thought we were seeing the thing. So the thing is, I, is the twist at the end, does it make sense? Is it a Kingdom Come universe? Is it the universe that we saw him part of the JSA? What you, what are we dealing with with this Mark Wade thing? That's the thing. There is a Kingdom character. Come Earth. So if this just happens to be like the key says, oh, my God, you know about this. I'm going to use you to go through. He could have just ended up on that Earth. It's Earth 22 is what the Kingdom Come Earth is in the new infinite Earth. So this could just be that he ended up searching for something and ended up on that Earth 22 or. This but we be also have a, we, I'm saying we also have a Magog in the main continuity was a part of the JSA and we actually averted our our continuity becoming Kingdom Come. Yeah, well, that's the idea of all this, you know, might be oh, building uh, up Boy towards Thunder it. Boy Thunder is, is like Magog that. in case we have to. For some reason, we're keeping it coy as we're talking about it because we're eventually going to get there. It's all spoilers, but it's Magog for some yeah, fucking reason. Yeah, the big play, it says that at the end it is Magog and that's why oh, he's all fired up. But in it's that, David you Reed. know. We still have one more issue to see what that all means. And maybe it's not exactly what we're seeing or it's changed or something. I don't know. But the idea of this book, Mark Wade trying to explain I saw Maxwell how the continuity is. Yeah, well, the continuity and stuff like that in this book has been slightly off a lot of the way. Maybe we are dealing with Earth 22 here. That'd be kind of a, a crazy twist, right? That we were actually not even on our regular deal. I don't know. 
We'll have to see how that plays out. But I do actually like as we go through the issue where you see, in my mind, one of the, the wow moments of this is actually seeing a Superman who is losing his mind and, and almost going over the top with it, but still a Superman. Losing so his mind go. with anger because he let, you know, Boy Thunder get kidnapped by the Joker and what could happen, be happening to him right now and Superman can't do anything to stop it. Yeah, and so what happened is the Joker wants to know, is convinced that David here knows the identity. You hang out with the Batmans and Supermans. Of course you know who they are. Tell me, Boy Thunder. And he's torturing Classic him. Classic Joker. Him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's hitting him with the, you know, the crowbar as he does. That's his move. <laughs> going to get a real feel for that going forward. You end up having, yeah, really, uh, Boy Thunder, he just, Back just he makes says, perfect. I don't, and he even says at one point, I'm not a hero. I'm not like them. I ended up, you know, just showing up here. And I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know who these people are for real. And Joker's not going to believe him. And if they end up not finding him. if he does, he's him, still going to beat the shit out of him. Yeah, he's going to kill him. I mean, it's going to end up where he's eventually, he'll probably end up killing him. But yeah, Superman is losing his mind. And he's going around trying to desperately find David. And it's one of those things of Superman tries to save everyone, but here he can't even find him. He's going around. I love the idea that Gotham is such a piece of shit place and all this stuff going on where he goes to all these lead buildings. Like, I can't see in that lead. It must, oh, meth lab. He goes, oh, meth lab. It's like everybody. <laughs> and then finally, he's like, oh, guess what? Heroin. He's like, finally, he's like, I but found no some upper David. I found some upper class people here. They're classy. They have fentanyl and heroin. High five, guys. But yeah, you're, you're awful. But yeah, they, he can't find David. And the, the one thing that I, I laugh at is Batman is, is like so calmly explaining this. To Robin, like, well, actually, Superman, like, he, he doesn't give a shit, but he's telling him with that. And Batman even says at the one point, listen, we have everybody on the case, especially me, because I'm the world's greatest detective. I don't know if you heard this, but I'm pretty damn good. But you have the Titans, you have all that stuff that we had before as Superman's going. And one of the things that popped in my mind in this very quick issue, this reads very, very quick. Tony, you talk about the idea that we have this twist and show you who this David really is and stuff along those lines. But you also have the origin of the key for some reason. We've got to tell everybody who the key is, how he got his powers and the idea of opening world like doorways inside the mind using psychotropics and drugs. And the reason that we're going to be working with the Joker right now is because he can give us some more drugs to open our mind with. It, basically, what he's saying is, you, you ever listen to Pink Floyd? This is what they do. The shit that they do to make an album, I'm just going to do it myself, and I'm going to do that. And I, I did laugh, and I said to you before we recorded at one point, where you end up where the key comes over, and he's going to tell the story to David. <laughs> David, poor David. He's He's got the Joker toxin in him. He's ended up, he's in this key-type trap, right? Yeah. And, and the key starts off with, he's working routines. He goes, listen, I grew up in a pathetic small town. This town was so small. How small was it, Kate? Oh, my God. My phone number was a single digit. I'm like, what are you doing here? Why are you doing this routine next year? Hey, by the way, my thing is so small that my zip code, it was a fraction. See, I'm going to work the material with it. It was the same joke. You just did another thing with it. Mm. Well, how about this? My town was <laughs> my town was so small, the city square was a triangle. How about that, Eric? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, don't think about it. Just go with it, Eric. Come on. I was so happy in this explanation, though, where he, like, you know, people thought he was a a slow-witted child because he was just frustrated with being, like, where they are with a bunch of drugs yet, right? He he was just, like, you know, he was actually a genius, and he had to be with a normal school with a bunch of dimwits who he saw. So the idea of doing this, but I like what he says. Oh, yeah. 
This he is start, a sticking point a lot for us in a lot of issues. He starts talking. It's said that humans use only 10% of our brains. I began experimenting with psychotropic drugs in an attempt to unlock what was on years. I was so upset when I saw this one, but when he comes back, the 10% cannot. It's an old wives' tale. It ain't That's fucking bullshit. real. It's stupid. I'm like, damn right. Thank God. That's actually I, a really good page-to-page deal because I ended up where, oh, here we go again. We get to pull this one out again and start talking limitless. And all that stuff that we do. And he's like, nope, Lennon that's West, bullshit. That's nonsense. Yeah, he's like, that's bullshit. I just did drugs. I was like, you know, John Lennon. No, no, I get you. My, my, my town was so small that when I ate a foot-long hot dog, I finished it in the next town. <laughs> my town was so small, they called it White Jim. Ah, <laughs> oh, see, that doesn't work. My town's so small, I ate the meal and had diarrhea. See, that don't work, Eric. See, you end up where all this going down. And yeah, the key... He gives his little origin and then basically says, eh, you're kind of screwed. Like, you almost think that he's going to feel bad for David and let him out. And he says, but I'm when not David a hero. tells him that he's from another universe, he's like, have you just given me a key to another doorway to another universe? Oh, my God, this is amazing. What luck the key is having today. And that is pretty good. I mean, everything's I coming up. I got my the material. Key. I got yeah. all this great news. Oh, my God. <laughs> he's like, when you leave, I have a survey for which jokes hit. Please check the ones that work. Like, it's, it's blank again. But he ends up where that's I, I like that play where really he's going to leave David to just get destroyed. And he's like, you know what? It sucks. Usually the Joker, he gets distracted by things. But today he's got bloodshed on his mind. You done screwed. I'm going to get. Oh, well, I'm not a hero. I'm from a different. Earth. Oh, the multi. No, no, no. I'm from a different Earth. The hell did you just say? Yeah, to this me? isn't just you Superman. Beautiful coming little from boy. You. Yeah, this is the multiverse. And it really intrigues him. And he says, I'm going to be able to go. And cause ma'am, that's a good setup for something maybe in the future. But really, once you end up having that go on, you're like, oh shit. And then you have Batman, Superman, they finally do end up finding where, because out of nowhere, it is forced. Well, the key ended up getting all the engravings and the serial numbers off the equipment, but this one he just let LexCore right on there. Everybody, yeah, hey, I want you to. And he tracks any sort of equipment because they're actually. an abandoned warehouse with a room full of floating doors everywhere. No meth. Right? No it meth. looks like they're on it, maybe, All but I've never been on that. doors to wherever they may go, and for some reason, we're going to use the like. But the thing is, there's monsters behind some of these doors. We don't know where we're going to go. We could open up a vacuum of space if we open some of these. Superman, use your microscopic vision. Key, he don't use gloves. Joker does. Look for Key's fingerprints on the handle. Okay, we got it. Let's go. We got Superman. We got Batman. Luckily, we got Robin. he opened we have the, the door Titans. and he didn't Let's let the Joker in. right. But yeah, they end up finding it out and with that. You end up the Joker and the key run off. They're going to go stop it. But, you know, David goes after and he is he's lusting for blood. Eric. Oh, yeah, he's furious. You he tortured me, you sick somebody. piece of shit. You sociopath. You tortured me and you got off on it. If I ever lay eyes on you ever again, I swear I'll kill you. I don't care if it's tomorrow or 20 years from now. And then you jump to the idea where the Magog does kill the Joker in Kingdom Come for killing Lois Lane. I will kill you. Yeah, so that so is how you up. conclude this whole thing with Magog in the future killing the Joker, which sets things off a little bit for Magog in the Kingdom Come timeline. But is it the idea where this is the, the future of the DCU? Is it the actual Kingdom Come timeline? I don't know how it's going to work. Yeah, what, what I like about it, with, though. Yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy. But what I like is that sometimes this will happen. This will be the end. And then, oh, well, it's up to you. To, we have one more issue. So I want to see how it plays out. What I do like in this is Roy, who shows up and he almost has a diehard moment, like, eh, just come and enjoy yourself. Because <laughs> yeah. he's like, yeah, they said come and fight some things. And like, you know, I'm fighting this with a 
effing bow and arrow. Like right, they're fighting the a Cthulhu monster. Giant and like, monster, oh my God. says Robin. Yeah. Hey, I know what will be helpful. A fucking bow and arrow. <laughs> Made me laugh so much. Like that stuff I really did like. And also, I almost got Roy the idea. The if you go. I love these young titans. If you ended up watching Arrested Development, I'm telling you, I really thought we were going to get this scene with David. Where he's like starts yelling at and curses so much like Buster did at that one point where it's just <laughs> like whoa 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 because he's so mad and then he's gonna get that like they're like oh my god David no uh but yeah he might go over the top and it could uh, obviously he's not gonna kill the Joker if this is the real deal or what but you finally for anybody that did need it where did my God come from who was Lance Corporal David Reed where who is he. Well, it turns out at one point he was Boy Thunder, a boy from another Earth who came here, was trained by Superman and Batman, who would grow up to become Magog, the murderer of the Joker. And so it, it is one of those things like we we But laugh. which Magog is it? Yeah, well, we laughed at one point when, say, a Father Valley came in and we thought that Ramsey might have messed up and then you twist it. The idea that he showed up, hey, my name's David, blah, 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 like this seems planned and it didn't seem forced. It seems weird, but we have one more issue to see how this resolves and hopefully it will get an explanation that maybe sheds a new light on this book of where it's happening or what's going on, which I did like. Uh, and still, it was a wow moment. Even if you're ending up like, I don't know that that really works, or I don't It is pretty big. Uh, so I did like it. And the art in this is great. I mean, I'm it trying really to wait is for a great. moment, though, where we go forward where the Kingdom Come Earth is David's original Earth. But the thing is, I'm saying his Earth is destroyed, so it, it, the whole thing doesn't really make sense. But what if it's but what if the idea is like we have the situation when the multiverse is recreated, David finds out about this, and then he goes back looking for his planet, which is the Kingdom of Come Earth, where he comes back, trained by Batman and Superman to become Magog, and knowing that if you don't take these sick fuckers down, they will torture you to fucking death. This is the way to do it, not your old justice kind of way. And again, you know, it, the idea of the Kingdom Come, it, it throws things, you know, the whole deal I'm with saying, this it other wouldn't throw Earth anything off unless we actually... Because we had Mark Wade and Alex Ross do the Kingdom Come Earth. It was their Earth over here. But then we had Jeff Johns, I believe, in the JSA series, try to say, look, we can always go down that path in our main continuity because that was the future. Here's the Magog of our universe, and this is what we're going to do to stop it. Because even in that, you had Superman from Earth-22 come because, hey, I want to make sure that what happened in my Earth doesn't happen to this Earth in the future, and we're going to stop it right now. Yeah, exactly. We had that going on. So we'll have to see. Cool we'll have to see how it, yeah, yeah. And we'll have to see how this, you know, twists and turns and see what happens next issue with it but if it works out i mean you see why he's so you know crazed up and wants to kill the joker it's not just but because of you Lois, kept it's pushing personal. the idea of this great twist ending when it i saw Magog, one of my least favorite characters of all time I, I i like saying oh my god because it's fun but i saw that i'm like god but it's something it. you never would have imagined no, but i should have because it's mark wade yeah it is mark wade and then, but that's the thing when it happened you're like what the? Oh, this Mark. Wait, okay, okay. Then I guess he's the one who could do it, and you know, well, here we go. So I thought it was big. I thought it was big, and it's interesting. I just and a lot of these, uh, a lot of this, though. But that's what I'm saying. It's interesting to see how it plays out. There's been issues that I like of this that I thought, eh, you know, whatever. We'll see. You know, this actually, I'm intrigued to see how he pulls this together. Uh, what would you give it? Ultimately, I think that like I, I'm not on board with the Magog reveal because this. <laughs> Just not something that I normally would have wanted or actually still want, but we're going to deal with it. It could be still good. I think the art's really great. I still love the continuation of using the young Titan characters with Robin and Batman and Superman and showing the different moments of, you know, um, emotion that our characters have in searching for a boy thunder right now. Yeah, you get the normal kind of crowbar, you know, joke or nonsense that you're expecting because you have it a million times with Jason Todd. Every time we're going to talk about, 
It works out here, though, because you have a boy in distress. You see what I hear is a woman to do to get it in a fun way. You get some Batman detective action. You get the T- Titans doing stuff. That's fun. Roy Harper, as always, takes the cake when the weather, you know, being the most personality in the room. But you have all these great moments and maybe you can dig the freaking twist ending if you are a fan of Kingdom Come or even JSA or just anything that Mark Wade and Alex Ross have done in the past. You can get behind this. I'm personally not. And because of that, I'm giving it a 7.5 out of 10. Yeah, I'm an eight. And I'm looking, is that one monster coming out of a door? Is that the gentleman's door, Eric? He's no, it's not the that gentleman's door. door no. Um, when, when it's going, though, there is something what that. What is that? <laughs> so, well, that's the Tom King Earth. So you end up, that's Earth 69. It's just a pocket where, dimension. Where, when this is going on, I, and there's a debate. There's debate with fans. There's a debate with even creators, people who actually have written Superman. The idea of if they like to see when his eyes are glowing red. There are creators who hate that. They say it never should happen. I like it because that shows you when he is that angry. Oh, yeah, like, I like the that idea. Too, yeah. And so when you have this going on and he's flying around, yeah, he uses you it all see the time. Those, it's sparingly. It's great. No, you can't. But when you use it sparingly, this is the times when he really is like this. He may not like he's controlling it enough, but boy, he's really. And I like that. And I, sure. and, and in this, I thought. It played out nicely the way that it's played out, but I actually so it was scary when his eyes yeah, are red. And it was about it was about a year ago that people were arguing about it, and I think it was something where one of the he ended up, you know, the flashing eyes went with Batman there, and I'm telling you, like Batman just stands up to him with that, but you know he's shitting his pants because that is it, it's insane. But I do like it. I do like when you see that. I'm not one of those who don't like it. I even like when you see Superman going so because he's so frantic when he's using the x-ray vision deal and he's like all over the place i thought that panel was really really good as well i thought the art was great in this so yeah i'm gonna go eight out of ten and yeah you're not that much lower you still people say you don't like fun but uh, maybe you do i don't know yeah you are but we'll end up now going (laughs) i don't even know if it's true if i'm just trying (laughs) to make fun of them now i don't know but we're gonna go now to some mail It is time for the mail, Eric. And here we are. We have three mails. Uh, one from last week. We actually said Luis had sent in a mail and we had uh, computer problems. So we, we weren't did. able to do that. Well, you're part of the team. You keep blaming me. <laughs> you're part of the team. Uh, so with that, we'll be throwing that in. But three this weekend. It is a holiday weekend. And you have some holiday flavor to some of these. Ooh, if you want to get wee. involved in the show. It's ginger spice. It is. Please email us in at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com and you'll be part of the show. I ended up where right now Wawa has this holiday spiced coffee. No. And I can't. You'll say that you never had this experience, but I have. Joy. When you're you're in the alley and this guy has a shiny nickel, right? Now, the idea where you taste something and you don't think you like it. But you don't quite hate it. So you keep wondering, what is going on with this? And so I ended up where I've had this coffee. I don't normally buy coffee. Eric, I don't need store-bought coffee. I'm not a rich man. You're a fancy coffee drinker. I end up, though, where this holiday, like, I still cannot convince myself either way. Why do you keep buying it? You are a cheap man who doesn't go out and buy coffee. Why do you go keep buying this thing that you don't know if you like it? Here's what happens is, number one, get something you like, Well, you know the the layout of the town. Number one, where I go and I shop at Aldi, Uh and there's a Wawa right next to that. Sure is. 
a couple times I've gone and I'm like, okay, let me get my quarter. It's you a gotta reward. Put it, you have that quarter. No, you have the quarter where you have to put it in the, the damn carts to get the carts. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah so I, I've hidden yeah, quarters no and I've hidden quarters in the, you know, the car. Yeah. So I end up where I'm like, oh, no, nope, they're spent. And then I have dollar bills, y'all, and I can't uh-huh. use that. So I end up buying a coffee to get a quarter. That's one of the times. Then I get taste of it, Eric, and then I have to go down the road to get my new computer. So then I'm like, hey, you want to get a coffee? Because Tanya came with me. Hey, you so then we went then. And then again, I went to Aldi. And that time I just went in and got a coffee. So I've had it three times. Still don't know if I like it. But it's intriguing, Eric. It, it's a weird it's like a weird spicy taste. It, it almost it almost tastes like you, I don't dip cookies and shit because I'm an adult. Uh-huh. But you end up where it's almost like one of them spiced wafers that you dipped in and the thing. Those things are as hard as concrete, though. They're not going to soften up. But if they did and fell in like you like the dope, maybe that's what. But I can't I can't figure out if I like it or not. Uh, I only well, say that because I'm right now I went down between sections and I ended up chosen? getting my. Yeah, well, yeah. Daddy got to have his fix. Is this almost over? I'm drinking this coffee. I'm like, I don't know if you. I really like the heroin, but I got to keep trying. Yeah, I, I can't decide if I like heroin or Turns not. Turns out, yes, it's an addiction you have. I love it. Uh, but no, I'm drinking this caramel coffee here. So she's fancy. Not, she's not, the, the weird play is it's, it's caramel coffee, but I also have caramel creamer. And now it's That's double. too much, era. yeah. It is too much. See, we have the vanilla caramel creamer, which Jess has. Sometimes I use it because I like the vanilla aspect. I don't it. mind it. But a little a little bit would do you for as far as I'm concerned, the way I drink coffee. It's a weird play as I used to drink coffee, and just to make fun of myself, at points, eight Splenda, yeah. which I think calculated to Real 75 man. teaspoons of sugar. Uh, then I ended up sugar and creamer. That's way too much. So I just go a little dab of the cream. That's how I play it now. Give me but all that sugar. I, I don't use the sugars, but I use the creamer. So that kind of goes because one of the things that's one of the most disappointing things as a kid is when you would smell this coffee. Oh my god, that smells like a Snickers bar, and then you drink it. It's like this tastes like shit. So like, because I always love coffee like because I got it from my mother, and she always had a lot of cream and a lot of well, sugar. That's so what I'm saying black good. coffee. I'm saying just the idea that some coffee has its brewing. You're like, I really can tell that's French vanilla. It is. And then you drink it. It's like, no, it just tastes like any it other coffee. It fooled you just like it's actual terrible. dark chocolate. It did. It also liked the Big Mac. Like the Big Macs. I got another one of them free Big Macs. Here's the deal. Now as we go here, the Eagles lost. No free Big Mac this week. Thank oh, God. my. What am I going to do? I ended up, I was going to take a picture. Like, dummy. I was going to take a picture of the passenger side seat that looked like the crime scene, like I had murdered a Big Mac. There was so much of the innards on that seat. I think I'm done. It's like, this is a bullshit Honestly, sandwich. Honestly, it could have been anything, because I've seen you eat. It's anything you have is going to be everywhere. That is true. Like I said before, it is the Taco Bell of burgers. So we're going to get into this here of the mail. I know you love that. Eric, oh, my God. I just, I just I just spilled my coffee. Of course you Mother did. humper. It's all over the place. Now. We got to keep going. It's now dripping on my, my wee, 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 wee. Oh my goodness! My I, I'm telling you, I ended up it was it's coffee I brewed this morning, so I heated it up, and I do put it because I like ultra hot. I put it at two and a half minutes to warm it up. It's so hot when I warm it up that the actual red cup that I use, like you know those Dixie red cups, it actually like compresses into like a goblet, and now it's on my wee wee. Not sure if you're supposed to microwave those. Who cares? What do you think's going to happen? Eric? So, today, Tanya says, oh, my God, what did you do to your foot? And I looked. I'm like, 
Shit, I think I hurt my foot. My one foot looks like it's broken, but the other's fine. I don't know. It might be a broken foot. It might be the gout. My face does hurt. Here's the mail here. We're going to start with Batman Beyond Mark. He says, Sup, America's sweetheart, Eric Shea, and podcaster extraordinaire, Jim Warner. I wanted to wish you both a happy holiday and a fantastic new year. Hopefully, this coming year of comics will be better. Than this last year's. This, this is not limit this to comics. Let's just get everything that we want out of this next year to be better than it was this year. At least I need that. That would be nice. That would be nice for all of us. I do believe it's one of those things where each year you're like, boy, it can't get any worse, right? <laughs> and then it does. <laughs> and oh my like, dear, what, what the hell happened? But that is Batman Beyond. Mark, I was going to get, was gonna get so a, a hold one, of him. He's going to get a hold of him to see how many weeks we have been doing this in a row because I did lose track. I did have a counter. It's going just on our deal, and I yeah, maybe it is. It's depressing. The next deal is J Man. He J-Man? says, "Hi, Jim. What's up, Eric?" Uh uh-uh. uh. I just realized <laughs> I that myself. you know, <laughs> Batman Beyond Mark did put you first. That's so yeah, no, no. I yes, have to take do. my kids to his uh, my kid to a swim practice. So this will be a short one. I just so watched Black Adam. <laughs> On HBO Max, I thought it was not bad for a superhero film. Face to the lake, to be a short yeah, one. well, that's true. I mean, really, I like the use of some Justice Society members. Overall, I give it a seven point five out of ten. When Hawkman made duplicates of himself, was it me or did they steal that from Robert Venditti's run on Hawkman? Except when he did it, it was multiple Hawkmans from the different resurrected versions of Carter Hall. Now, Eric is going to explain that some of them made no damn sense. Well, no, it didn't make any Eric. sense in that because of how we go. But no, I think that was just, you know, I'm telling you, I watched it the one time and even the one the one time I did watch it, didn't have proper subtitles during, during the Kandaki, yeah. so I had no idea what those Kandakis were talking about. But um, just when that Kandaki happened, stuff, right? Just, yeah, whatever, Black Adam stuff. But the idea when you had the duplicates, I, I just saw that as like, Hey, Dr. Fate's using some magic and Hawkman has duplicates to fight this off because it's magic, Doctor. So I, d- I didn't really see anything more like steal from this. It was just a clever way to use magic and have Hawkman involved. I actually have the translation here. Actually, when they were talking, anybody from Connacht's like, what, do, what should we do? And they're like, we don't do shit. Wait for Black Adam. That's what seems to happen. You so. watched Black Adam yet, Jim? No, I haven't seen it. I, I haven't Batman seen coming. it yet. I mean, it's a lot of binoculars and people whisper. Right, that's what it is. A lot of whispering and binoculars. I don't. It's funny. I actually went back to rewatch the Batman, and I find I had have, have had no idea what you mean with the binoculars. I just go with them like, oh yeah, at the beginning, you know, right at the absolute beginning, Riddler's watching a dude with binoculars. Fifteen minutes, maybe. No, 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 no. fifteen uh, seconds. Yeah, they get back to a little whispering later and stuff like that. I'm just talking about just, the binoculars. Yeah, it's like I don't know, binoculars whispering. Uh, but no, I, I do not have the HBO Max. Wait, what do you think? I am a Rockefeller here. I ended up having <laughs> to re- pay for things. I had to end up uh, getting our chimney cleaned, a furnace, the nonsense, and a oh. computer. It's what nonsense. you mean is there's absolutely no way you could actually watch these things. No, yeah, I don't actually have any way to watch it right you now. Do. I now I looked and it's not on the way that I could. Uh, whatever the deal may be, I have a Plex server that somebody gave me the uh, deal of, and they, they didn't get it yet, Eric, so that's really my deal. I could search it out more than that, but I, I don't have time for that. Yeah, I'm, too busy. The Batman. I'm too busy watching Point Break, right? I was talking about that earlier today. Break? I almost watched Point Break again. I started almost. watching I'm like, eh. I started at the very beginning. I'm like, look at them in those president masks. Pretty cool. Oh my god, cool. they're skydiving. The oh my goodness gracious. I remember when I, I thought of it again. Every time I see that scene, I think of how it blew my mind when I saw some movies and also rap songs that they talked about dead presidents and it meant money. I'm like, holy shit, that is cool. 
I thought that was really clever. By the way. It's really cool. But yeah, I saw that. I'm like, oh my God, look at them in those masks. And I'm like, I got other shit to do. Yeah, I wasn't watching too much of it, but it is my it is my favorite uh, Halloween movie. Uh, are you have they have masks on? Sarah got Halloween. Are you hopeful for the Grick or Grick Grick Grayson, the Dick Grayson led Titan centric universe in the new year? I would be hopeful if everything was written by Mark Wade, Jeff Johnson, Daniel Warren Johnson out of nowhere. It seems like all of DC's present female creative talent, at least the writers, are currently not very good. Can you name some female comic book writers that might you might want to see write some ongoings in 2023? Now, I'm assuming he means at DC. I mean, I think he means in general. But in general, there are a million women right now making a million different ongoings. But it's like the idea, like if I say Marjorie Lou, right? If I say that, like, well, what ongoing would it be? I I really I'm going to push it towards what I would like for some of these because I like Kelly Thompson enough. And I think that she would do a really good uh, Catwoman book. I think Gail Simone back. Well, that's one of my ones, too. Kelly Thompson did a really good uh, Black Widow book. It ended up getting canceled, but I think she could do a pretty decent Catwoman book. Maybe a little better than Teeny Howard. You know what I'm saying? Uh, also, that N.K. Jemison who did The Far Sector, seemed pretty cool. We like that enough. Maybe get something from that. And even G. Willow Wilson, where I didn't like her Wonder Woman, and I haven't liked Poison Ivy as much as you did. But she did a really good dreaming book. And I think that the idea, the problem is, and this will get a little bit along this, these fights that people have. I think that when you look at some of these things and say, oh, look, they'll only have a woman write Catwoman, right? Well, that doesn't mean that the, they, the people they get might not be suited for the character anyway. So say a Teeny Howard, you might hate her Catwoman, but she might actually do a kick-ass Tim Drake. Or, you know, with that. So I think it limits everybody around, but anybody could write a good book. They just have to get that character that they're interested that's in and right. whatnot. So you have and to that's take all saying. your vendettas off the table and this will give somebody an opportunity. No, actually, actually, I was going to have a deal where I was thinking of all the vendettas that everybody thought I had. And I'm going to have a checklist of what ended up happening with the books that I said and was told I had a vendetta. I'm right every time. 100%. It doesn't make 100% go away. right. I'm saying the idea that I say, I don't think this book is going to turn out because what I see so far, we're getting the same thing and it's going to end like that. That's not a vendetta. That's an observation. And they're all right. They all 100%. Everything I said, except maybe Jim's up. I have a vendetta against him. He's an asshole. Is what I say. You're an asshole is what I say to him. But all the rest, I'm like, hey, you know this Matthew Rosenberg? I don't know. He doesn't really stick the landing a lot. He hasn't. And so, you know, Joshua Williamson, they could say, people could say we have a vendetta of him way back in the flash run that people like, but our big play was he loses track of the story and then it ends up fudging it at the end. That's what he did. You have a tendency to make it personal as well. Well, I get mad at you because you don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. No, no, I, I can I understand see. that, like, you know, like we talk about Joshua Williamson, he never freaking, like, can oh, finish yeah, the yeah, book very yeah. well, but I don't want to, you know, actually attack the person's character either. <laughs> I never really, I, what I say is, oh my God, we have Mariko Tamaki doing a weekly book, this is not going to lead to anything. And it didn't. So, there you go, Vendetta. But yeah, I, I like, like I said, Gail Simone, put her right now on, on Wonder Woman, and that book improves tenfold. I'd also like Marguerite Scott back. Yeah, I liked her as well. There are a, a couple deals, even like stuff like I don't know. Jody Hauser does some stuff with the Star Wars deal. Okay, I mean, again, if it if it, if this is one of those questions of saying like, hey, you're not going to be able to come up with some writers, something along those lines. Listen, 
I can list a lot of shitty male writers right now, too. I mean, right now, I think we have a crisis of fucking talent. He's got a vendetta against at least five of them. I have a vendetta against the whole writing community. If you even are out there thinking right now, I think I want to write comic books. I hate your guts. He's got a vendetta against words, really. No, I actually have a vendetta against shitty writing. And there are not really... Here's the thing. In all the writers that we have, there are barely what I would call storytellers. They are actually, it seems like what we have are people who are going and connecting dots of what they think or were told a story is, but they don't have that innate quality of storytelling. Like, again, Jeff Johns, I think, has that. I think uh, Donnie Cates has that, even though people, you know, go nuts about him. Even a James Tynan, who you say at one point, I had a vendetta against. I think he has it as well. They have the deal. And even Mark Wade and Daniel Warren Johnson, these are the writers. When you think about the great writers, in my mind, it's because they're great storytellers, and I don't see that anymore. I just don't see it on the deal all the time. But Vendettas, there you go. I, I was looking up some of the female writers and trying to figure it out. Gail Simone, though, even though a lot of people are annoyed with her you know, social media presence, oh, like to joke around and yeah. stuff like that, uh, I would like to have her on A Bird's of Prey, like, even if it was something she didn't do before. But yeah. really, A Bird's of Prey or Wonder Woman would be great, but I'd like to see her on something. Uh, and again, Jeevala Wilson, I love Miss Marvel that she did. I just haven't liked anything at DC except that dreaming book that nobody read. So there you go. I don't know how to respond to it. I got a vendetta against everyone. That's all okay. he says. Keep up the good work, and I'll see you in seven. Jay from Half Moon Bay. I also have a vendetta against Luis, who's next. Why? Oh, Luis, he knows. Where's sweet Luis, dude. I don't know? have to tell you. He knows. <laughs> I don't have a vendetta against Luis. Hello, Jim Eric and the best crew. Working hard in the North Pole to get fresh crew. Is that why it's so goddamn cold here at the North Pole? It might be. I Ooh. actually, just think of this. I went out. It, it's no crazy thing to think that the sodas that we had out on the porch froze, right? Well, that's dumb, yeah. So I end up where a bunch of them just exploded. We only yep. had a couple left, but I brought one in. It hadn't exploded. So I had it on the table, it and exploded. I was going to see if it would end up, you know, defrosting a little at one point. The, the top of this, it shot off like a shotgun, and it scared the crap out of me. And it went off all over your new computer, now you got to go back up to Whitehall or White Gym to go get it. I was at the kitchen table, and the thing is, it shot across the room, hit the wall, and then ricocheted, almost hit me, and went the other way. It's it was crazy. Out, if that was pointed towards me, I think I'd be dead. Luis says, uh, it's time for the question of the week. What is your favorite holiday movies? And songs, and I'm not going to go with the idea of Die Hard. I know that that's like you know, a funny deal. I love Die Hard. Do I've you? seen that movie a lot of times. But in that, I have a couple because he does say movies and songs. It's plural. I for some reason I put my songs first, but I'll give you my songs, and you have to remind me. One of my favorites is Christmas and Hollis by Run DMC. I love that song, but I also really I was thinking about this. I also end up really liking the Kinks, Father Christmas. You always get a smile when you, when you hear that song, right? And then also, do you ever hear I Greg know. Greg Lake's "I Believe in Father Christmas"? Do you know that song at all? No, it's really head, but I it's heard really it. good. It's it's more of a laid back song. And I I heard it the other day. I'm like, I really like this song, so I put that as well. What are your songs? My songs are really simple because I always like to have like a, I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. It always puts a smile on my face. And if I really want to jam out to some Christmas tunes, it is always Carol of the Bell with the Trans Siberian Orchestra. You like that? I actually I was going to put Killing in the Name by Rage Against the Machine to be the joke like a diehard of the songs, Eric. 
but I did not. Do you know why that would be a Christmas song? I actually is a story. I was going to ask you, but then I thought I might get an explanation. Well, you will. It oh. was uh, every year the UK has their number one song. It's a big thing for Christmas. And the one year people had been sick and tired of the X Factor winners actually getting all the votes. So they came ahead and it's actually the number one, number one Christmas song of all time in the UK, Killing in the Name by Rage Against the Machine. And that with that, they have to end up performing it then on TV and, and they, they got together to do it. So it was pretty cool. But yeah, it won the contest the one year. Uh, how about movies? You go first with the movies. The movie is pretty simple, too. I actually find myself in this weird predicament where, like, you know, one of the classics, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, like the animated classic along those lines. But then years ago, Jim Carrey went and did that live action one. And I really didn't want any in parts of it. Because when you start doing live action stuff, I just know it's going to be goofy Jim Carrey bullshit. So it took a long time to watch it. Because everybody will say the same thing about Elf as well. Elf is this Christmas classic. I still don't even know if I've actually fully watched Elf, but my entire freaking like fire department, they had to watch Elf every Christmas, and I they always gave me shit. I, never I was going to give you shit about it uh, tonight. So. The thing is, I went and watched a couple, a bunch of years ago, I guess now, but like uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the live action Jim Carrey version. I find myself loving that movie every time I watch it. Like I'm saying, it's one of those newer kind of classics, but I like to watch that. But one of the things that I do love is like Home Alone and A Christmas Story, the things that I really do have to watch, and I love those movies. Yep, I end up where it's funny because I've never seen The Grinch with the Jim Carrey. And when I think about it, I think of Mike Myers and Cat in the Hat for some reason. They go with the, they just well, go together for me. I think that's what opened reason. the door to that. And everybody was like, you know, was soured on the cat. Yeah, it was, hat, it was so weird. I've never yeah. watched. You just told me about. Yeah, I think that's sexy. Uh, yeah, also with that, I put Christmas Story because that's like my favorite, but that's kind of a given. And also, because it's on all day now, during yeah. the, it ends up kind of, it's not as special you, there's, anymore. Again, there's a reason for that, though, because of how special it is. Yeah, yeah. But I have Elf. I have three movies. I have Christmas Story, which I do love. I have Elf, which I was going to say you uh, refuse to get involved, and I love that movie. And it's also, again, though, when that came out, my son Zach saw the trailer and couldn't stop laughing every time we saw the trailer. So it's kind of that with it. We went and saw it in the theater and we really enjoyed it. And then also, The Year Without a Santa Claus is one of this is from pure childhood deal. And that's with the heat miser. Yeah. That is one of my favorite things. Do you remember who the cold miser was? What, what was his actual name in that? Because you got the oh, heat remember. miser. I thought he was the cold miser. No, the, uh, you talking about the frost miser? Yeah, he's the snow miser. Snow and I'm miser, like, okay. I never really connect because I love the heat miser. You only hear heat miser. You never have somebody like, look at that guy. Looks like the snow miser. Like, poor snow miser. But I ended up watching uh, the songs again. I love the I love the songs from that, and that's one of my deals. I like all those Rudolph movies and the Santa Claus movies, the Rankin and Bass stuff. A long time. Yeah, I haven't either. But boy, that that Heat Miser one in the Year Without a Christmas, I really really enjoyed that. But yeah, those are my three. I do love Elf though. I really really enjoy that, and I think that you should watch that and School and my, of Rock my, my, right my, now. Another, another thing though with my favorite Christmas movies, if you want to do horror Christmas movies, my favorite are Silent Night, Deadly Night, and Gremlins. Yeah, Gremlins is one of those where I thought you were actually going to pick. I'll see. Yeah, I'm going to watch Elf or High School Musical. I, I don't know what you do. Why you're would doing. I watch High School Musical? You would watch it. Tell Ask Luke I'm a 40 old man. That guy loves it. That guy loves it so much. But those are answers. Who no diehard here. Luke Hollywood. How old's Luke Hollywood? Yeah, he's like 70, I think. He's always going to bed early. I think he's like 92. No, no, it's early for you. He goes over there. Yeah, no, no. He ends up where still. Here's the. Uh, I'll there. give you the full deal. Just imagine he lives over there. He lives across the pond. He's in Ireland, right? Five hour difference. 
I end up where he's like, hey, you want you want to do, you know, we have our manga stuff. So he's like, hey, uh, I'm going to start reading now, but I'm really tired, right? I get that at 10 a.m. here. That's not that, like, like it's 3 o'clock, dude. <laughs> what are you doing? He's like, I'm real tired. <laughs> like, really? But then later he'll like, hey, uh, I can't do this until your time, 1130. I'm like, what, what, are you, what game are you playing over there in Ireland? I don't know, but he, he falls asleep weird times. But that's not here. Or now, that is the manga stuff, Eric. But we're going to go off, speaking of manga, we're going to go off to the rest of the books. We have three more books left. Oh, better than the next. We'll see how it goes with old Nightwing, Flash, and Catwoman. Dick Grayson had a problem with KGBs. And Nightwing fans felt like they had been fleeced They got Rick Grayson and subscriptions decreased The future was kinda shitty Tom Taylor showed up, made everyone glad Gave Dick a billion and he's rooming with Babs He saved the three-legged dog from boys who were bad The sky was the limit Now it's the great Dick Grayson Fancer Here is the great Dick Grayson So much better than me and you Ah yes, Eric, he is so much better than me and you Especially as he's written by old Tommy Taylor And when I end up, you you like the song there with the old boys who are bad And I did have somebody who had heard that song on the podcast end up saying, I really love that tribute to Tom Taylor's Nightwing. I really I'm glad you like it. It's kind of sarcastic. I mean, it really is the point of it doesn't end up doing more than just that. But I did end up starting out the run liking it. It's just that. And I ended up saying today and thinking about it. It's like one of those books, the Nightwing book by Tom Taylor is a real easy book to get into, but it also then ends up being hard to stick around with, I think. I think it's also easy to drop at a point because you're just not progressing any story. We've said it for a while now. And in this issue, I actually had like an epiphany too because one of the things where me and you end up arguing about this book a lot is the idea that I end up taking like, I think it's layers. The idea, well, Eric, these kids are in these tents and he doesn't do anything for them. And you're like, what is he supposed to do? And we, we talk about that a lot while we're going through it. And finally, in this issue, I'm like, you know, I, I think that the characters in this book are all assholes. I ended up coming to the idea today that I really don't like Melinda or Dick Grayson because I think they're Dick both too. assholes. I'll tell you, but it's one of those things. You're going to laugh at me when I say it. You're going to be like, you're insane with it. But when we get into it, I will talk about it because we do have these three books. It's become kind of the section, like a classic like section with Nightwing, Flash, and Catwoman. I like the synergy between those in my mind works out, but we always start with the Nightwing so that we can have that song. Now, if I ended up singing 
and getting that hungry like the wolf song ready for uh, Mayor Wolf. Maybe we would have switched up the deal, We're but I did about not. Mayor yeah, Wolf. Oh, I, I'm telling you, now it seems like I've, I've lost my time. <laughs> I can't do it. I didn't have a voice. Today, actually, I woke it's up and I'm like, your fault, I got it back. Stuff felt like it should have been a lot bigger. Yes, it may continue, but it's not a main focus anymore. It doesn't now, seem like. Now, now it, it seems weird, but let's talk about it. A lot of the things, here's the weird play this week, especially with the Dark Crisis ending and stuff like that. There's a lot of moments that you know they're big. They, they see it, but there's not really a lot of explanation about it. A lot of things felt fudged this week, but still. Pretty good week overall, but here it is. Nightwing number 99, Wayne Greskier. Written by Tom Taylor, art by Bruno Redondo, Geraldo Borges, Calil Felipe, Adriano Lucas, and Wes Abbott. And you end up having the big play here. When you end up, you know, anytime you have, and now I'm sitting here, I'm trying to get the book up here, Eric. When you, <laughs> when you have Tony Zuko come into town, this should be big. I mean, this should be huge. It's almost like you have Blockbuster that was in this book. That's big. But to me, Tony Zuko is well, even, even bigger, especially with Zuko, Melinda, right? I'm saying that you have Melinda, the idea that we the long lost sister of Dick Grayson that he never knew about, whose mother kept him secret from Dick and his father, Jonathan. But it was raised by Tony Zuko, so it has the name Zuko as well. But when you have Tony Zuko come into town, I'm thinking to myself, this is the man who killed the Graysons, you know, the biggest foe of Dick that made Dick become Robin to eventually become Nightwing. But I don't know who Tony Zuko is in this current continuity. So when he shows up with his with his female bodyguards in the trench coats to be the classic Nightwing villains, Double Dare, the acrobat fucking criminals. But I don't know who this Tony Zuko is and if I should be afraid of him because, you know, the last time we saw him do anything, it was like a part of the New 52 with the Chicago stuff. And I, I felt like I was more afraid of like, you know, of that Tony Zuko and what he could become because it seemed like he was on the up and up until he wasn't. And again, he comes into town with a few days to kill Eric. And so when he does that, though, you have Tom Taylor with the opportunity to establish this, to establish the idea where he comes in. Listen here, my little. Like, he just looks he comes like a round in, asshole. You know, he actually ends up coming in like a, almost like just somebody who's a huckster. You well, know, yeah. he's going to come in and try to sell you snake oil like, or something. It's, it's like a father who left you when you were a baby. It turns out you're a football star now and he wants to be back just, in your life. I actually was going to say, baby that's Melinda, exa- it turns that's out what you're exactly. now and everybody else in Salvatore Maroney's list, they're all getting fingered right now by the police. Exactly. Sexy, huh? It's, but now the thing is, <laughs> yeah, really. you, me, baby, we both got out of this unscathed. You and I, we could take this city over. Isn't it great that you're the mayor and I'm your father? Yeah, so he does come in, and you do have the beginning, and again, Tom Taylor. It's like the end of Waterboy. You know that one, really? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I do. And also, it it reminds me of, like, John Lennon's dad and all that stuff. I mean, it really does. It it is the play of, okay, here we go. But it also is the fortunate circumstance, at least with Tony Zuko, the idea, okay, there's a power vacuum. I can come in and slip in. But it's weird because he's Tony Zuko, and in that, he comes in almost like, hey, look at me, poor Tony Zuko. I got to up the ante. It felt weird. It did feel weird. He didn't come in as big and bad as Mike. I'm glad you brought this up because I didn't even think of that when I was reading it. Quite frankly, I was just kind of like, eh, you know, he just comes in and out. And that was more of my thing. But you're right. He comes in almost begging. I want him to realize the power vacuum outside of the Salvatore Moroni stuff because it was all taken down. But Blockbuster mostly is gone. There is a need for somebody to take over the the Blockbuster role. I wanted Tony Zuko and the Double Dare freaking to go and do this because, you know, he needs some muscle. He has some muscle. 
But what you have instead is one to say, look, I'm not going to help you take over shit, Dad. Like, I ain't going to need you to help, baby girl, because Salvatore Moroni, he's got all these riches he done left behind. But now that he's, you know, being a stool pigeon for the police, ah, your daddy's going to go and, you know, take all this stuff for himself, and I'm going to be a made man. Which is fine to a degree, because you're going to need some capital to get your new criminal organization going. But when the story becomes secret pirate banks at the docks for the hold and I, it becomes the most like I'm telling you. I started getting it's like goofy. you know flashbacks of the oh, judge. Yeah. Oh, the, I know. It's I was the made judge. by the sea and stuff along those lines. When I did, I actually did a video review of this, and I said, "What's up with this Bloodhaven? <laughs> they have the judge, and he's transformed by the sea. Now you got. I we understand that they're there at the shoreline, and it's an island, and all that this stuff. This used to still, be a whaling community, I mean, and you know what it is now. Over in the edge of the community by the lighthouse, we have a secret criminal bank called The Hold. You don't steal from The Hold no matter what because we do pirate shit. And again, when you end up having this way, I think that the play here, and you have things, you still have Heartless out there. That, that'll lead into the thing about stealing the Grayson, hearts all but over still, the city. He's stealing hearts. It's like Shawn Michaels out there. Who knows what's <laughs> going on? So he's doing that. But what Tom Taylor Heart does, breaker. where when he gets in, and it's not even political, it's just the idea. Look at all these people going down. Oh, my God. Everybody was connected. Maroney singing like a canary. Here we go. But it's like really quick. And it's such a broad. He broad strokes a lot of things. So when you end up when you have Tony Zuko come in, I actually wish that we had a little more time. And it's funny because this book, the pacing's so bad, but I want him to take more time with this. But the idea of, oh, my God, there's this big bed. We don't know who it is. There's a, a big big player in town and they're calling all the shots and then have melinda discover that it is tony zuko and then she's like really like you have to do it here or whatnot that would have been more interesting to me but when he comes to her and like you said it pretty is like hey baby girl you want to get in on this you got the action going what dead now i'm not going to help you take over the city father god damn it just like your mother's well here we go with that you have a couple plays here and this is where i get the idea that melinda is the biggest piece of shit in this book you end up where there she is, Mayor, right? There you go. He comes in. He doesn't seem like this would be something that in the past she wouldn't have been down with. He comes in thinking that she's going to be all for it. Also, the idea that by the end of this issue, she changes her name. Yeah. Oh, my God. I found out I changed my name. What? Well, hey, your mother, she's a liar, right? Seriously, she ended up in the position she is right now because she kept that name Zuko, whether she liked it or not. She's playing off now that she hates his guts and never liked them. She used the Zuko name to get to be mayor you ended up where all those assholes including blockbuster the only reason that she was involved was because she was a zuko and now she's going to ditch it as he was a big piece of shit the whole time that's she wants to be a better person but it's still though she ended up using all that if i end up that that means she was awful before and so even this when he comes in he's not saying listen i know you're on the up and up but now you no. he's coming in listen here baby girl we got this going on like she has been involved in shit like this all along. It threw me off a bit. Oh, but it's I didn't just realize that people side. aren't given the, re- the chance to change in their lives. They got to be whoever what, you say what they is, are. What has she changed? I mean, she's she ended decided up, that she wants to be on the goodness. She helped take down Blockbuster. She changed her name and got her we father don't arrested. Know that, but, so what did she do to get here? Because really, like I said, she really leaned she's on in a situation the situation where Zuko the mayor was in front of her was but, forced to no, become I'm not the saying mayor. That, but and she decided, ended up, I don't want this. That's like you're saying that she was just walking down the street. She has done a political career based on that Zuko name because she was always on like just the idea that she was waiting in the wings for Blockbuster to say it's your time now. Obviously, shit was going down there, and they were pulling strings because she was a Zuko. 
I, she's got a lot more redemption in, in that she well, needs it could just to be just that say. she was her own lady. Yeah, she had the last name, but maybe she like was a go getter and did it all herself. Yeah, since but, her father spent all this time the, in prison. Since the only thing we saw was she was hanging with Blackbuster, Blockbuster, and a bunch of criminals, and they were throwing well, that's, the that's name around. And the, the, well, but uh, they were throwing the, the Zuko name around. They even well, like, hey, your daddy. Yeah, but no, Nick Cage didn't. Right? He he wanted to get his shit on his own. He's Nick Cage. And Everybody Nick already knew. Yeah, but still, it just ends up in the whole thing with Dick Grayson. When you see Heartless at the end, what the fuck is he doing about Heartless? He knows this guy is out there stealing hearts. He actually fought him two years ago, it seems, and he's just he doesn't even look into it. He doesn't look. They have to be finding carcasses with empty chest holes in there, and he's not even batting an eye. It's just weird. It's it's what Tom we Taylor does. We also don't know what he's doing in the like behind the scenes because right but now again, we're focused on Tony Zuko. This is what Tom Taylor does, but I'm saying. For a year and a half of actual books, he's not really been looking into it. Like he's weeks. just been going around. Hasn't been. I'm saying so. A year and a half of actual books coming out is two weeks, and in the like time the of the part, deal, three. yeah, I'm telling you, he's doing nothing because we're not seeing it. Because Tom Taylor only wants to give you those wow moments in this, and the wow moment here is, oh, Tony Zuko's back in town. He, he's speaking of See, which, I, he's, I, all, I'm fine he's in all town for a half hour. I'm fine with all the stuff that you're talking about with Nightwing and Melinda and stuff like that. When you actually reintroduce Tony Zuko, and I want to know what Tony Zuko is, because we don't have enough time to do this because we have Nightwing 100 coming up next. So let's just get this out there as a one shot for the most part. And this establishes, you know, it's no longer Melinda Zuko, it's Melinda Grayson Lynn. We have to reintroduce Tony Zuko to all of these readers, and we make him the biggest idiot in the goddamn world. He wants to have this riches and all this stuff, but he goes to Bloodhaven to steal from Salvatore Moroni, but he, and he knows about this, this, uh, this criminal bank to hold, but he has no qualms about murdering them, like, you know, killing the people who are doing security and has no idea that they're going to come after him. Like, this is like, something weird, him. right? It's the dumbest move I've ever seen. He's not taking any precautions. He's coming out there with his face, you know, broad everywhere. And he, he doesn't, he shoots a guy in the head, doesn't even kill him with the fucking I shot mean, to the head. I he don't know what's happening. He shoots a guy in the head between one scene to the next. The guy goes, cleans up and gets, gets an eye patch. Yeah. I mean, seriously. Also, I love Super this whole. I love the hold here where it's supposed to be, I mean, it's supposed to be almost the court of the owl's bank, like the, the thing in Bloodhaven. It's this whole clandestine thing. They're underground, whatever. They just walk up, knock on the door. The guy, they beat him up. They get his key card swipe in. And then when you go in, there has to be more than just saying box 83, whatever the box is. Well, that's not yours. It is now. And shoots the guy. This is not really. Well, the thing well is, you think, again, out. maybe it's not like it's like, you know, security heavy from the outside that you want it to be but you know as soon as they walk out they are confronted by a, a boat full of criminals and guns and says if you steal from us we will hunt you across the world and kill you so it's just weird that they show up that, like why isn't there a better way to get in is it one of those where you don't think like oh they don't protect well, it as much because it, nobody it, would dare to exactly. go in and that's the thing i assume but the idea that you know zuko just walks in I'm just going to steal from these people. But that's what no I repercussions, that, yo. It isn't the front door. I don't. I, I more mind the idea. He goes in. Hey, 78. But that's not yours. It is now. All right. You would think there'd be a code. Or I, it just Goddamn felt weird. pirate Gringotts it's the, over here. It's the Gordon Fisherman who's there. It's like, hey there, I'm making my fish sticks. What do you want? But this guy, he can go through a lot of things. But really, do you think that that diamond's on the up and up? Do you, do you think, like... First off, where is he going to find that? Eye of Time, Doc Diamond? Yeah, do you think that, do you think Moroni bought that? Do you think no. it's like hanging there and he, I, I, he I don't actually know. was at an auction? I, I just you, know that he has the Eye of Condoc and Black Adam should be yeah. involved. You would think that maybe he stole it. This is the weird play because even after the fact, when you end up having this, 
underground secret organization that goes, yeah, we'll, we'll send the info over for the court case. million dollars. Yeah. I'm like, who is buying that from you? Yeah, nobody is. He's not going to be able to fence this. You're a goddamn goes, idiot, Zuko. It goes back to the Fabergé egg thing that you ended up Bendis had. Exactly. With, uh, with yeah, Ginny the Hicks. whole deal. Yeah, with Ginny, Ginny Hicks. Hicks. But he's like, it's worth, she's, yeah, that's worth a billion dollars. No, it isn't. It's worth nothing because nobody will give me that. But he ends up getting this. There's just this weird play because then you have it. And Tony Zuko, again, a big thing. He's just in here. It's setting up things later. But what doesn't in this book? Because he's there and you got to wipe him away. Because Why not do this at issue 101 and have more time? For a Tony Zuko, because he's that big, but he ends up shooting the Gordon's Fisherman in the eye. I guess that would leave a mark, but the guy just ends up getting an eye patch. Well, the thing is, I actually have an eye patch right to my left, so if something happens to me while I'm podcasting, I have an eye patch on Well, that's fine. If I shoot you, I don't think that's going to be that great a deal. I really hope that is the case. Who knows how this guy is? You can almost just... Who knows what they are? Exactly. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Pirate Gringotts. It could be a fucking ghost. But yeah, he ends up grabbing this pirate ghost, you know, the the deal, the conduct, the eye conduct. He goes off and he's like, I got to get out of here. Hey, Double Dare, you take care of Nightwing. Because when he was told by Melinda that this was going to be happening, Dick ended up tailing Tony Zuko. And then in this, you do get the thing that's thrown out there. This Tony Zuko was never accused, never convicted or whatnot of. The Grayson's death, and they're going to start looking into We're gonna that. Open that case back yeah, up. They're going to no, open that case. You wouldn't that do that case. to your daddy. You ain't my daddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah I am. No, Jonathan Grayson. His mom told me your mother's a filthy fucking liar. Yeah, well, I'm still getting you locked up, daddy. I, I don't know why the idea too. And again, this is something because Just like Tony your mother Zuko, can't take a punch. Tony, oh my goodness gracious! Tony Zuko is a piece of shit. We know this. Uh, but when she, oh my dad, he's not my dad. I know. I'm like, well, he kind of did raise you. I mean, he did end up, you know, give the guy some break here, but it's Tony Zuko. But it's just like, all of a sudden, Melinda's just full out. No, Tony, it was always that, but here we go. Changes her name. But in that, at the end, when they're going to look into the great, okay, that's interesting enough. It's not. It's you know, like, yes, well, I've already seen, like, you know, Zuko no, I know. You know what's going to happen. Like- you know what happens in these stories? They find out it wasn't him. That's what it always ends up being in this sort of thing. They'll look He's into it. He's admitted it left and right. Yeah. Oh, I'm saying I don't know this guy, though. He said this is it feels different. And so even when he says, oh, I got out for good behavior, we don't even know what the fuck he was in for good behavior. And and so he's going to do this right away. Bad behavior. Yeah, but I'm saying, yeah, but we don't know. That's what's yeah. weird about the whole Tom Taylor deal is the idea that everything's a gray area i mean even like i say i'm yelling about melinda but we don't know what happened to her before she showed up here she never really even spelled out how her life was well i'm saying because not knowing i think i got ideas about that you deal. bitch i well, hate she you did. she's sarah's a mayor zuko and was put into place by blockbuster that seems like she was okay with that then she was yeah really here okay she is with it because the mayor was killed and she was like well, pretty I'm, much i'm next. saying she got to a point though where she was going 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 up the ladder and everybody seemed to be involved with that. You know, it wasn't like they're like, oh, my God, who's this girl? I'm just going to say she had natural skill and that she worked very hard to retain what she got. I think that they put her in the place so they could kill the mayor and get her thinking that she would be, you know, easy to manipulate because she's a Zuko. We didn't really see. Like, this book is so gray area because we don't know what Tony Zuko's been doing. But you have Devil Dare and they're going to fight. You get a spread page where they're fighting on a boat. You know, and ultimately, big, big it means giant. nothing. It's just yeah, Nightwing it's fighting Double Dare. We have pirates show up to kill Tony. <laughs> pardon me, kill Tony Zuko, and Nightwing's having to defend the man that killed his parents. Like we're going to do this the right way, and I'm going to have justice prevail. And like you know, he's going to fucking battleship shows up. I'm like battleship. 
So then they, they end up and he says, and he steps forward. Uh, he, you know, Bloodhaven Law, Bloodhaven Jail, we're going to do this. And then out of nowhere, it seems like this whole organization is set up. They've been around forever and they're just like, huh, nobody's ever said that. All right. Guess what, yeah. Mr. Nightwing? We got number 538, 538. That's the number of the safe belonging to you in the hold. What? What's in it? It's your safe. Someone established it for you. Deal with Zuko. We talk in the future. So we have this whole thing. I, I imagine this is going to be a quarter of the owl thing. Yeah, probably. It's like a talon mask. Oh, shit. Uh, even your so. Your grandfather, the talon, he left this for you because he wanted you to be the gray son. Or it's going to be like an owl. You know what I mean? It's going to be either a sentimental fan service deal that we get all the time, or it'll be something for a new mystery. But even the case, too. Where you have this, you know, the hold. Oh, by the way, we'll send the info to the to the court so that he will be put. Um, what are you sending? You're like an underground pirate, you know, fucking bank. What are you going? Oh, he tried to steal the stolen deal or the con. It just seems nonsense to me. It's a bunch of hooey because I don't think that they would get involved in the court. Then the court's like, well, we want to see what you have over there, and you're gonna have to testify. They're not gonna do that. Uh but with that, there you go. And he's but we you know, do have this whole thing are. with Tony Zuko in jail, but he won't be staying there because somebody wants him out and about, and not only just him, but the KG beast as well. Because it looks like we're getting a Nightwing revenge squad put together to take you know our Boy Scout of Bloodhaven down. But we also have Heartless, so maybe he'll be a part of the pack as well. But who knows? Because things just kind of run where they want to go until they yeah. don't anymore. Yeah, I, I do. You get the idea there. Heartless is now ripping hearts out. He doesn't have that gun. It yes, looks weird. like he doesn't have the gun, right? I'm just guessing because he's got Kali all Ma. this power. He's yelling. Yeah, he, he is freaking doing Kali Ma. That's what he's doing. Him. But the idea that maybe Blackbuster's hearts are so powerful he can just do this don't need a gun no more? Maybe. He's doing it now. And I, I love the idea with the police. We're baffled. Maybe just keep finding these holes with people on night. It's like, mm-hmm. I got other things to do. I got some. That's the thing. I don't know what we're going to get in the 100. Usually there's some leaks or some ideas about it. I hear that it's a status quo change. It can't be a wedding. It, it, that would be too forceful. What we saw it might be an engagement with Barbara. Maybe we'll get that. I don't know, but an engagement doesn't seem that big anymore either. I, I don't know. They've Maybe been married you. like seven times, right? Uh, yeah, really. Uh, but overall, I just, no, no. Everything just seems to like, the pace is always pretty fast. You talk about this. When you get done, you're like, oh my God, was, was that 21 pages? And I think sometimes when you get somebody like a Tony Zuko, when you get done, you're like, it seemed too quick. You want it more. I want it more of Zuko. I want it more of, of what anything. this means and, and of that. And by the end, it just feels like it was barely half an issue. And we just got in and out just to throw Melinda another name out there. name to Grayson Lynn. Tony Zuko came back and was gone just as quickly. And he just was an idiot the entire time. And you have a mysterious box and the idea that somebody wants to get... Nightwing's greatest villains together take them on, which might be cool, but right now it's just Tony Zuko and KG Beast. Yeah, yeah, and Heartless running around yelling. Doing Heartless stuff, stuff. and, and he's been doing that for this entire run so far. We haven't seen anything yet, really. I'd love it if when they end up where you're in the middle of the next issue, the big hundred, and this this guy comes up. He looks like he's like 28, and he's like, hey, uh, Nightwing, or actually, hey, Dick Grayson, I just want to thank you. Uh, yeah, I was one of them kids in that tent city. Man, you really turned my life around. I'm married with kids now. I ended up going to college. Like, it's been now. It was two weeks ago. Years. I'm telling you, it's 15 years yeah, now. Yeah, I'm like, holy shit. Haven. He's like, oh, my God, blood. you know, you really helped me out. I, I got grandkids now. But what are you doing about this heartless guy? Like, I don't know. I don't know. You know, I'm just breaking my own hearts here. So, yeah, by the end, again, though. It always has something that you're like, okay, that's cool enough. But this one really just went by really 
it went by too quick. And then at the end, you're like, man, we hardly knew ye, Tony Zuko, because I thought this was going to be bigger. Uh, but being a 99 and the 100 coming up, I guess that wasn't the case. But what would you give it? I think the art is the strongest part about this. There's some nice moments to like, you know, to set things up for future storytelling. But right now, this was kind of a dud of an issue. But I'm still going to give it a 6.5 out of 10 because the nice parts were nice. Nightwing's still a great guy. The art looks great. I just expected more out of this issue with Tony Zuko's return. Yeah, I'll give it a 6. And and when you go through this, it is funny at points where we talk about, two where Dick Grayson doesn't do things himself. Where in this, you're like, well, he does fight Double Dare, but it is Melinda who tells him exactly what's happening. And then he does the detective work. He's just tailing Tony Zuko, who goes right to the hold. And then he's sitting there, guess this is some pirate bar. Oh, man, this isn't a bar. It's a, it's a bank. And then ends up just boom, 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 and you're done. Just odd. It just everything feels rushed, but doesn't go quick enough overall. I hope that it, means they concern themselves with more of the issue number 100, and that's going to yeah, knock we'll us see. out. We'll so. see how that is. I hope it does. I hope that it's something there. But a lot of people continue to really love this Nightwing book. And I said, it's one of those that's consistent. If you like it and you like just getting these wow moments and great hey, great. Right. I talked about it before and the idea that it felt like Tom Taylor was trying to redeem Nightwing. Actually, when we were talking, I think he might be trying to redeem himself because before his big thing was I kill everybody. Everybody started tagging him. Oh, Tom Taylor, he's the guy that kills all the characters, even did it in Suicide Squad. And so when you end up coming, maybe that's his play now that he wants to just show. I don't have to kill people, you know, main characters. I'll show you how great they are. I don't know. But it's just odd how he just goes with that pacing. But Dick gives all his money to the needy kids, has a three-legged handicapped dog. Isn't he a great guy? I mean, seriously. He's his own Burger King kids club. He's just walking around His future wife used to be in a wheelchair, and he was still willing to marry her. Oh, my God. Exactly. Yeah, and sometimes, you know, we saw that that implant deal doesn't work, but he doesn't bitch and moan. I'm just He's expecting in the future, like, we're going to have a thing where, like, you know, Haley's all grown up, still a three-legged dog, no longer a billionaire because he gave all his money to the city and needy kids, his wife sitting beside him in the wheelchair, and, like, Mayor Grayson, you know, this is the eye for the future. Like, this to show you all the great stuff that he is because he's exactly. willing to have all these things in his there, life and give yeah, everything away. That's what he's setting up already. He's yeah. like, earlier on, he's like, okay, that's going to work later on. I get, mm, get, mm. All right, I'm checking boxes here. He used here, to be left a police right. officer, too. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, and he wasn't a sus one, I guess. You know, you have all that. Oh, and he, he doesn't like Blockbuster, that's for sure. Parents, oh, parents died. Ends up, I <laughs> he's mean, an orphan. Really. <laughs> he has everything, but yet has nothing. Eric, he has nothing. He, I don't know. But he also, you know, friends with a lot of superheroes. So sure with that, we'll move on to the next book, which I did like. The Flash, number 789, written by Jeremy Adams, art by Fernando Pastor and Matt Ryan, Matt Herms, and Rob Lee. And in this, we can continue the story of Warden Wolf becoming Mayor Wolf, taking over the city and unleashing the rogues on the city, but giving them a badge and making them the law. And the Flash having to be the vigilante, or not the vigilante, the wanted man of this whole thing, because... All of a sudden, he is a vigilante. He doesn't have the chance to do what he always does as the Flash because the rogues, they in charge and they want to take his ass down. Thankfully, in the end of the last issue, we had Hartley show up, the Pied Piper, and he's going to be back in the book. I'm telling you, the best part of this book, which I'm really going to miss like going forward with Jeremy Adams off the book, is the family feel because on top of having the Great West family with Wally and Linda and the two kids, when you have Hartley come back as Pied Piper and just seeing how he is this almost uncle character to the kids. Like, he's the best friend, and he is a part of this family. He's been away for so long, but now he's back, and even working at Terrific Tech, and him and Wally just want to talk about how they can get free lunch together working there. I'm like, 
This is the Flash and Love. I don't even need superhero bullshit. I just want to hang out with the West family. We've been doing that since the beginning. If people have been listening to us, the idea of Jeremy Adams, we always love the family aspect of the book. We love the kids. Everything that he did with them really was solid gold. It was the superheroing that we thought at points was lagging behind well, it. The, the Eclipso yeah, story, kind of, the grave. Yeah. You know, even like one of the those little one shots that actually I would like to go back and maybe someday I will. I'm lazy, though. But True. those one shots that we thought like, oh, there he is out with Irie. And, eh, you know, we want more. Maybe it was a, a timing issue because we weren't getting a lot of the great superhero stuff. And so maybe we went back. That will play out a little better now. Yeah, because goofy, at though. this point it was. But again, this issue, the points where it's a little goofy, it's great. And Pied Piper being in Hartley is awesome. That is another, and we need, and you mentioned the idea will be sad when you end up having Jeremy Adams off the book. Nothing's been announced. I just wanted to tell, but but the word on the street is that eventually, you know, we're going to get somebody else on this book because nobody at DC is taking his calls, it seems, and I don't understand it. This book is so good. Anybody you talk about, even the people who hate it, Dark Crisis, will always point out, we did as well, that the Flash issues were the best part of that whole event. We end up having the idea where he was on that Flashpoint Beyond, where in the little whispers and things that it was more of his story than we actually knew. A lot of things like that, which I really wish that DC would. Haven't they learned that when they get somebody good to keep them and maybe even, you know, do a little exclusive deal? They haven't learned. And that's the point. Why would you not sign this guy? If If somebody else wanted the Flash book, that's a shame right there. Put him on something else, right? Put him on a. He could do a Titans book. I mean, he's really showing us that he can have a bigger cast, a family deal. Book, whatever. I would like him on an Aquaman book. We haven't had a real good Aquaman book in a while, and we that could be a an family deal as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you end up where the family stuff here just you end up seeing that he understands the connection of characters and understands family dynamics, especially with. When Hartley comes into the house and you have Jane, and I, they they're so excited, Hartley. they're leaping at him, and there's it's classic. While he's like, oh, "Look at me, <laughs> I'm just you know cold cuts here," and, we and they're like, "We see you all the time, Dad." But that's that's a natural deal. But it does show you the fun and the joy, even when you open this up, and it is Wally hugging by Piper there. Oh, yeah. It's so cool. It's so neat with that, and then. You even have really good moments with the rogues, where the rogues are a weird thing in this, but it's played out that way, where they're kind of on the up and up, but they're they're the rogues, so we're not really, but they're always not bad, bad, right? They are the blue-collar criminals, and that's why I love them, because they are out there doing rogue stuff, but now they have a badge, and they're also getting paid for it, so they are the good guys getting paid well beyond their means, so they don't even have to do criminal acts, because... They're making they're making a killing on and the I wanna, up and up I wanna, right now. I want to point out the fact they're not doing anything wrong in this book. No. They are actually doing what they're supposed to do. Yeah, we love Wally and it, the it idea just turns of that. Out but that Mayor Wolf is a conduit for the Lords of Order at this point yeah, in time and going a little excessive. It? Yeah, exactly. But they are actually doing what they're supposed to. They're not like on the side. Okay, now that we have this, we're going to do that because they're making but even money. The idea where we have this because it's Warden Wolf is a conduit. He's the host right now for the Lords of Order. He is getting all this together because it's what he has been chosen to do to get order in Central City. But every step of the way with everything we're doing for the most part, like, you know, we got to go over and steal money from other criminals to put together yeah, my yeah. mayoral He's candidate to become mayor. Yeah, yeah. He, exactly. He is doing all these sus things, but it's a means to the end where all the characters around him, like Blacksmith, who is freaking right hand woman, who was the, like the previous leader of the new rogues when the other rogues weren't together. But you have the rogues, the leader of the, 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 
pretty much, you know, Rogues 2.0 that we had with Blacksmith. All these characters, they're pretty much on work release. They just don't want to be in prison, and they're getting paid to not be there and do the up and up things. I'm like, this is great. Yeah, exactly. Because we, you know, it's Wally. It's a flashbook. If you go through the lens of what you're like, oh, man, these big guys. But even Blacksmith, who... Seems to be reformed. I mean, there's a, she's probably sitting there like. And it is, yeah. Blacksmith does really seem to be reformed right now, yeah. Yeah. She even says that, like, it's not like, I hated you all along, Flash, I'm going to take you down. She actually almost pleads with Wally of, listen, this is good for the city. She's like really spelling it out. And I think she probably is like, this is a lot better than doing that nonsense and going to jail. And Warden Wolf is preaching order. And they are helping that out. Yeah. He's just a it little too excessive to get with the there, And he's excessive with things. And he's really starting to get really over the top. But overall, even Blacksmith tries to say, and even the rogues like, hey, they voted him in. Like the whole deal. So, And it doesn't ever feel like a forced political message. You know what oh, I no. mean? It doesn't feel like, oh, this is ripped from the headlines. It is just a weird situation where at the end, I'll admit, that I think a lot of people reading this, you're, when you get to the Lords of Order, I, I, it's not as a huge reveal as I, I thought it would be. Because well, you no, end up where you're funny. like, ah. it's, it's not this gigantic reveal. And it's always this thing where, where Warden Wolf, or Mayor Wolf at this point in time, he is still a host for the Lords of Order. But the Lords of Order have given Wally the, uh, like the ability to continue on with what he's been doing because it's like, you know, how people, like explaining how people are, how things have been going. They're giving him leeway to make sure that things get worse. So, Warden, like Mayor Wolf, is going to go back to doing Lord of Order things. But right now, Mayor Wolf, it just seems like, is going to go and do Mayor Wolf stuff. Flash is going to continue to do Flash stuff. And the rogues are going to continue on doing rogue stuff where they might slip up and do some evil stuff. But for the you most part, I think they might. But they got yeah. some like, work release right now. We've just made sure that things don't have to be excess- as excessive in Central City as they have been when Mayor Wolf first took over with the curfews and all taking people's freedoms away. But, like, you know, smaller to the to the point where eventually it would get more and more because when, when you want absolute order, you're just going to take away everything from everyone. Yeah, yeah, that's the whole, that, that ends up being almost like a Tom Taylor injustice. I'm trying to, I'm, I want to save exactly. you, but to save you, uh, and I think I'm protecting you, you I'm, actually, I'm actually taking away all your freedoms because, and, and that, you know, it gets twisted and turned and stuff like that and it never works out great. But I like the idea, this is what makes it funny to me because usually what you'll just have are the rogues in jail with Warden Wolf there as, you know, the warden. Gotta hate these now, assholes. Now you just have Mayor, the, it's the same dynamic still, with Wally. You know what I mean? He, he, still he have really the deal. used to the way his life was. We're having a bunch of nincompoop villains around. So he's like, look, I'm going to continue doing what I'm going to do, but in a bigger capacity outside of Iron Heights. Saying, it's, it's one of those, like, it's, it's, a, it's a little slight twist. It's almost like the idea when you have in Pulp Fiction of the, the slight differences with the fast food in Europe. It's still the same dynamic, but it's different. With the Lord of Order reveal, though, where it's not as big as I wanted it to be because it really doesn't mean anything ultimately because Wally was able to talk you know, them out of them, t- having complete control over Central City and eventually help for further out they want to go, I don't know. But it is great in the fact that it does explain how Warden Wolf was able to use his newfound powers to do things that he never did previously with his biokinesis. And including healing people from can like this was way over the top. And again, well, this point he starts shooting like lightning out from around him. She's like, "What is he doing?" And what Jeremy Adams is doing each step of the way is he's proving that we he's gaining our trust. Oh, if yeah. he ends up doing something wacky now, what's this about? You know oh, that it us. will be something going on. Now 
earlier on well, as we were t- saying. Well, I'm telling you, it even seems like, you know, he's listening to the show where he's talking about, what the hell is Garner doing over here if he's over here? Because oh, we're just going to have the best. random it, asides that don't mean anything in the book, but it's just little things that if everybody's reading the book, the fans of DC Comics are like, oh, how does this work? And this like, you even have Wally West talking about like, oh, the whole he's, he's fine because he keeps showing up over here, so that shouldn't have been a problem. So these little asides are just fun little like Easter eggs to a degree for things that fans will complain about because the continuity and where and, things take and, place. And I'll tell you, because they're sitting there talking about things it's like, I don't know what something's happening, something nefarious in Iron Heights, but outside Girder being oh, Girder, crumpled right. into, yeah, he says, oh, yeah. and he says Girder being crumpled into a ball, which was short lived. He was everywhere during Dark Crisis. <laughs> and usually, you know, I get upset when they name the event. I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was so funny because that is such a little aside, but it felt reading a lot of the, you know, crises uh, back in the day and some of the tie-ins and whatnot. It kind of feels like that's a line that they use a lot, like to try to explain things. But he didn't have to do it. He, you know, he could end up being pissed off. Oh, my God, didn't they know? But it makes it kind of a funny little wink, wink. And then you go with it and kind of get a laugh here of going on. And then you have even the idea where Hartley realizes you know, that Linda's pregnant, all these nice moments. And well, even, even the when kids you have, are bigger and stuff. It's so cool. Even when you have, you know, Wally go and confront Mayor West, uh, Mayor West, Mayor Wolf, and then you have the rest of the Rose come back for essentially a round two. And then you just have the kids, Linda and Hartley, all show up for like a round two as well, where they're going to back up their daddy and friend and husband. I like all of this stuff because pretty much you have a full team versus a full team. And it just works out to, you know, goodness where Wally explains the situation and gets control of the situation by telling the the Lords of Order who he is, who he's been going, even in calling out with it, I'm the unmoored one. I'm like, God damn, I never thought I'd actually see that again with all these things. Like I sat in the Mobius chair. I did this. He's like, he's giving like Doctor Who monologues right here. And I'm actually loving it. Yeah, it is. And one of the things too, that I, I just want to point out for me personally, and probably a lot of other people, me and you talk about a lot, like you're, you're Robin's Tim Drake. And and I've said it many a time on the podcast. Oh man, I wanna I wanna read some more Tim Drake to see what he was all about when you talk about it. But one of the other things is because I started the new fifty two, my flash is Barry. Yeah. And you and a lot of other people, but you specifically have said, Oh no, no, Wally's great because he's so much fun. And yeah. Wally's the fun one. And Barry, you know, he could have his bit of fun, but he's not, you know, a real real laugh riot. Sometimes and we had even a problem where some writers kind of mix and match and kind of get that. But even when you have Warden Wolf, he's so pissed off and he's walking into his office uh, with Blacksmith and he's like, oh, my God, you know, I have to find out about the Flash. What do they say? And he's there reading the paper. And he's handsome. like, well, I do hear that he's handsome as far and runs up buildings. And say, That's fun. It really is. And you do get that lightheartedness, especially then when you tie in the family. I will say one thing, though. Wally's more seasoned than Linda because Wally ends up talking well, yeah. about the kids and Linda and doesn't use any sort of, hey, my wife, or hey, kids, hey, son. She goes right away, go help dad. I'm like, oh, no, they all know what's going on now. And she says it in front of the rogues. I'm like, no, you don't do that. You know what, actually, uh, I think I that's something it. I wanted to bring up, and I think it was the world's finest when uh, Batman says Clark yeah. over the comments. Yeah, that something was like the that. Till. When the and entire story is that. about Joker wanting to know who their identities are. And they're like, this is why we have code names, guys. Stop doing yeah, that exactly. shit. Yeah, exactly. And I think... I think when I was going, Wally was saying it in front of Warden Wolf, like he wouldn't say my wife and yeah. stuff and all that. But then when they show up, hey, go help daddy. I'm like, oh, no. Why did you do and maybe that is something that might come out. Like, Linda, but I don't think you you are a famous reporter at this point. You're pretty much just wearing a domino mask to protect yourself. Stop exactly. It. Yeah, really. And you probably even are starting to get a baby bump there. You better go and relax. Uh, 
But what I really like about this as well, we already said it, how the rogues, they kind of are taken. But then when you end up, I love the idea. It's so great. And the timing is great. And the humor is really good. Well, he's like, so rogues, going to be on the up and up now. Going ah. straight. And they start <laughs> laughing. But then when they get done, they're like, yeah, we might try to figure yeah, that sure. out. I mean, that was the best you part of it. Before I voice crack me up. But yeah, that's what it was. It was a very early Simpson-esque joke. It's almost like when Marge is like, oh, hey, again. I'm going to quit. You're the all right, And they laugh, right? <laughs> and they laugh. Ah, we're going to we'll hate you. you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's that class. Because they're laughing, laughing. And then they go, yeah, we might try to out. Because they're not. This is the rogues that we like. Yeah. Like you said, the blue collar heroes that are villains that end up. They don't kill. They have a code of honor. They just happen to be on the wrong side of things, and they end up, you know, doing that stuff. But even at the one point where they do take down Wally and, and Captain Cold slew, like celebrating, oh man, nobody's gonna stop us now. And like Trickster, God, I told you not to say that stuff. You're gonna jinx us. That was fun. Yeah, you're too it's, superstitious, it's a, yeah. Jesse. And then ah, you guys. And oh, then geez. when that happens, it's like I told you what's gonna happen. That's fun. It is really fun, and I like the addition of Hartley. All that with oh, what's going great. on is so and especially good. I can't wait for more terrific tech stuff where they're actually buddies at work as oh well. Oh, my God. And uh, you know you're, we're going to get that joke because the joke will be, hey, lunch is on me today because it's free. That would be my <laughs> joke. That would be my joke every day. Hey, what's up, Hartley? Working hard and hardly working. The funniest thing is me and you would hear about things. We, we've talked about this before where we hear about, you know, you hear, oh, at Google, you it always comes down to when me and you hear that we get, you know, you get free candy bars, you get free electrolyte. That must be the best job ever. Like, like, oh, heaven. my God, can you imagine? Uh, but, yeah, it's fun. It really is fun. And, and getting that idea, Jeremy Adams is playing it smart. Hartley's not going to stay on the couch, right? He's a, But you're going to run into each other and have that work relationship exactly. there where that's like really fun. Like we should with freaking Buddy as well with I Animal Man and the rest come of the family. Now. Yeah, I think that that – now we go off to one second war, one minute war coming one minute up. War, yeah. yeah, one minute war. So. Like, well, there's so much story that we need, we need to tell, and I hope Jeremy Adams stays on for a long time just I because know. there's so much left on the to. table. And it's so much fun. It's, it's consistently fun. In a time where you don't get, and people talk about the Nightwing book, and these kind of always go back and forth with, oh, you know, Nightwing's the only book that ends up being cheerful and whatever. I think this book is so much more than that because it ends up working out with a story and not just fan service moments. There's fan service moments through and through, but they yeah. end up elevating the story instead of being the whole story. And that's what I really like about it. And I, I get giddy when we talk about this book pretty much, and it's, Here's the other thing. I think that you would agree with me. We already talked. He's getting better. I mean, and that's what I, I really like. He's not a comic book writer by trade, but now he is. I mean, I like him so much as a writer. They can't let him go. This is going to be a big disappointment if he ends up going to Marvel or does whatever. Sure, I don't read that shit. You know, or it just goes back to just doing his movies. He did that Super Sons movie, wrote yeah. that and did that, and everybody loves that. I mean, this guy. He really has it. I, I, they, they're going to mess up if they don't do this. And we've had times during our podcast span where we have said the same thing and they just end up messing up. And I really hope they don't because this is good. Again, the big Lord's Order, and I said it's not big. It is big in the universe, but it's not something that everybody's going to be like, holy crap. And ultimately, I don't know what it's going to do overall. Yeah, for we'll this. I want to go back and see for the Dark Crisis tie where Clarion was talking about something that Wally didn't know was going on around him. If there's going to be something along the lines of that will tie in from like the Word of Chaos with Clarion, the Lord's Water, and what they're doing now and how it's all tied to Wally. I don't remember what Clarion specifically said, but it's along those lines. 
I, I just wanted to go back and check because is this a part of the one minute war or is it a bigger story that we we'll have to see yeah, down the cool. line? I don't know. And then with it, you continue, you know, Jeremy Adams was the one who ended up making the stuff in Heroes in Crisis work out for Wally. He ended up making that, oh, one of them. you know, redeeming. Yeah. And so even having that where he brings up the unmoored and stuff, he's one of those guys who That's seems huge. to be. Yeah, he seems to be like on with the continuity. He seems to be one of the ones that actually is paying attention to, you know, current, near current and even past stuff, which I do like something like, say, a Wonder Woman has struggles with constantly. Uh, but what would you give this in the end? Plus, uh, we didn't even say I think the art's great. I was saying the art is great. And the thing is, I, I like the art in this usually all the time. It continues this issue because the art is great. But I love the rogues. I love Wally. I love the West family. I love the Hartley's back. And I just love the fun banter that's wrapped around the story that feels like it is worthwhile when I'm actually feeling like we talked about. It doesn't feel as big as I thought it was going to be, but it still is worthwhile overall to the point where I look forward to this each and every month. Eight out of ten. Yeah, I'm nine. I'm a nine, and I would even go higher if it wasn't kind of like, oh, the Lord's what It seems just like thrown in there. That seems where you, oh, we got to get to the one minute where let's end this. But instead of, you know, what we just had with Tony Zuko and Nightwing, that really just felt like unnecessary story. This was necessary, but it did seem a little rushed at that point. And I would have liked a little more explanation of what that meant and all that. Like you said, going forward, but we'll have to wait and see. Well, a lot of this feels rushed. Like I expected this story to take place for a while with Mayor Zuko and the Rogues. Mayor Zuko, goddamn, that's the thing is, I'm going to that Mayor Wolf and the Rogues, but also the Tony Zuko. I expected to feel like a lot more that all of these feel like it's rushed because something else is coming up, and we might get back to them later. Because even when we have the next book, Catwoman, it's like all this stuff with Punchline, it's all come to our head here. I'm like, we just got started. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. So it everything does feel like, and again. It's funny because we just end the Dark Crisis, but we're not really rebooting or anything. No. There's no real reason to rush this much like that. But it seems like most of the books this week were like that. It's just some of the writers did a better job at it. And it's funny because when I end up with the Nightwing ending with Zuko, I, I feel like, oh, man, like I kind of not ripped off, but kind of like, oh, that's a shame. But with the Flash book, I'm more of the idea, man, I really want it more. Like I, it's it's a different attitude, I guess. But. This Catwoman book, here we go. This is a quite a quite a long issue. It is. It's a oversized number fifty. It's an anniversary, they say. It's Catwoman number fifty. It's written by Teeny Howard, with art by Nico Leone, Veronica Gandini, and Lucas Gattoni. I don't remember ever saying that name, so that might be a welcome to the DC Comics, Gattoni. Or sorry, we forgot you previously. Yeah, we forgot you previously. Welcome to DC Gattoni. Well, I say sounds like like a designer jeans. Right. Look at her and her Gatoni. <laughs> I want to make it so. I want to make it so. Ooh, la la, Gatoni. And then you have the model turned around, right? And it freeze frames, right? You got that, Eric? Here we Gattoni. go. Gatoni. Gatoni's like, I-, I will kill you. I will slice you. But we we start the story, and like you said, it it comes to a head, and you have a lot of stuff. Just throwing at We're you. We're dealing with Punchline, the Gotham game right now. I thought that book felt elevated because it's going to tie into what Catwoman's currently doing with Aiko and the Hasegawa over in Alleytown because Punchline's deal is she's going to restart up the Royal Flush Gag, go down to Alleytown and use Aiko's abandoned warehouses to make her new drugs, which are illegal, so nobody can come down on them for what they're doing while they're also taking up the drug market in the t- uh, you know in Gotham right now. It seemed like a really good plan, but... Everything has come to a head where Catwoman has all of her people put together right now. We're going to take down Punchline tonight. We have all the Alleytown kids. We got Dario going on. Aiko, she's out of the picture because she was stabbed by Punchline in the Punchline issue last issue. And um, 
I mean, like the number two of Punchline, the Gotham yeah, yeah. game. In the whole thing, we talk about it here, but we and Batman's involved. So you have all of these things coming to a head, and all the freaking pawns and you know other face cards of what uh, Punchline has. It's just a big ass battle that I feel doesn't go anywhere that it needs to because what we have going on, Punchline. There's no re- repercussions. I hope we do something with her in her own book as the Gotham game continues. But now that I kept saying that book felt elevated because it's a part of a larger world with what Catwoman's involved with and stuff, all these things, I don't know if it's elevated more because we finish our story with it right here. I'm like, what did we even bother doing? Like including this in here because everybody involved is off doing it. And for some reason, we had to join the amygdala into this whole thing to be a part of this. I'm like, He's, he's a part of the Gentleman's Club. I'm like, I know he is. Why is he in a tube here in Alleytown when this has nothing to do with Black Mask and the rest of the fucking crime family? I don't understand why you're here. It's a mess. I, I'm telling you, even the dialogue and the way that things play out, just things just show up. It feels like in my mind that it's just written on the fly. And there's weird plays, like even the idea where there's Catwoman. They're, t- they're doing a lot of talk with the whole Royal Flesh Gang. So you got playing cards out you're throwing them on the map you're doing all this stuff they're talking about the energy drinks that that factory used to do but that was Ace back in the, yeah. the 90s they haven't done that in decades but now we're we're revving up and well, we're... we had that kid that had the nanobots put all over him i thought he became aces is aces just the nanobots because it seems like that kid i don't know was covered in the nanobots he seemed to be controlling the nanobots separately you know as, like, as two things he's now jack and i'm like has that been the thing the whole time i don't know I love the idea, like, they're there, and she's got her guys. Say, hey, listen, you got Onyx, you got this guy, and, like, they're making fun of each other. You got Valmont. And then Batman just walks in with a, a grappling, you, you know, rope and a hook. He's like, hey, Cat, I'm here. <laughs> and nobody, like, bats an eye, and that's a pun. And you end up where they start talking, and even the dialogue, it's so over the top. It's, hey there, Bat. Well, hey there, Cat. Hey, Cat, there's a lot of Bat Cat around, but even when they're like, listen, I'm just here. I was not going to let her commit a murder in front of me, Cat. Not even punchline. Ico got stabbed and took a fall. And then you end up where Catwoman wants to run off. No, no, no. You don't run off because she isn't even awake. She's badly hurt. And then but later, when you're he done, actually, she's going to need you by her side. So make sure you get over there. What's going on? Later, he goes, you're going to have to get this done quick. Bro. She's going to need you. I'm like, even if she's awake or doing? not, she's going to need your ass. Yeah, is, is he just fucking around? Well, here? Here's, he- here's, a, here's an exchange from Batman and Catwoman. Just out of context. <laughs> it's just very odd that you have Batman start to stuff. You have work to do. And I'm here following your orders like I promised. Bat, the temperature around here is boiling lately. This won't stop until someone's <laughs> dead. We're not letting anyone die. <laughs> Dialogue feels like Sounds like you're giving me orders. I wouldn't dare. Iko will need you as soon as you can be there, whether she's awake or not. If if, if people, you know, there's people who are fans of everybody. If you're a fan of Teen Hour, please don't start suggesting she should be on Batman. But Alleytown needs me now. This city always will. Oh my god. Then I love the idea too. When you have no this one understands group, right? me like that, Bat. There, there's a couple Named people. Away. There's Onyx, right? Onyx is yes. in the room. You end up having you have a couple people in this room. Belmont, Onyx, Batman, Catwoman, and Dario. Batman continues his trend this week. He comes in like a fucking asshole. He comes like in with this ball? big bad he comes in as this big bad energy where he pretty much tells everybody everything about Valmont. Valmont's there. He has a secret identity Mr. here. League of Assassins over here. He's he's going down pretty much everything about Valmont in front of just strangers, and he's just saying it. I'm like, really? What is going on? And then I like. I know where you he's guys like, is having sex, so I'm gonna get a little <laughs> jealous over here. Yeah, that's the play. But he's like, mother was a valiant diplomat. 
Have you had your citizenship revoked due to crimes against the state? Now you travel with the League of Assassins. You're like, whoa, 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 buddy. You know, it's a bit behind the times. No, it isn't. What's with you doxing me? Yeah, I'm like, and then he actually, you get an interesting play here where he pretty much is like, yeah, I think that guy's duping you. I, I think that he's undercut, but he dies anyway. So what does it matter? Uh, I'm it still trying matter. to figure out the point of Valmont here because all of a sudden, while you have all of this going on between Catwoman, Ico, Punchline, and taking down the Royal Flesh Gang because it's a full-out assault on Ace Chemical with all of our cat people going against all the card people, and eventually it just comes down to Catwoman killing Valmont before Valmont can kill Batman, and for some reason... Her ass needs to go to prison for it, and I'm furious. I'm like, really? Like, all these things. First off, you defended Batman. He was going to straight up murder. Plus, now you're going to sweep that under the rug. I mean, it's Valmont. But still, also you get King and Queen in the Royal Flesh Club. That is, I know that they want to, they are full out horned up, this whole deal. Everything ends up being like, hey, should we fight them? I don't know if I'm going to fuck them or fight them. I, that's it's the whole yeah, they're, play. They're fun people, it seems they, like. They're just like, and that's all it is. Hey, and even them when they're like, they show up. Hey, you know what? We like to have our fun. <laughs> Everything is so weird. And then Punchline, even at that one point where you had that one rando who's there and he is, you know, they're stuffing envelopes and whatever. And she goes over, puts her foot like right against his crotch. We sure aren't organized and we're not technically crime. We haven't figured out what we want to do. And then he's, she's like, yeah, I know. Oh, and she gets mad. I'm like, what the fuck is going on in this book? It's so bad. Squish him down, Punchline. And, and that's the problem. This even feels like Punchline is way off from what we saw in her book or earlier with it. But it's the writer of that book. This yeah. isn't a different writer. And everything feels off to me. Because you have all the greatest hits that you're trying to do here. Like, it's the 50th issue. It almost feels like a finale. Like, okay, we have a, let's have our victory lap where we're going to bring back all the Alleytown kids, all the strays. Here's shoes. Here's skin mark. And, you know, Dario, the sidekick of Catwoman to a degree. Well, it turns out all this time he's been working on a costume himself. And he's calling himself Tom Cat. He's going to work <laughs> with Cheshire Cat. I don't who also Tom shoes, Cat. But... He's also Leanne Harper. So we have all these things going on. But then you got Onyx doing her thing. But ultimately... It's Catwoman versus Punchline until everything is just thrown down when Valmont and Batman have to show who has the bigger dick when Catwoman eventually just kills Valmont. And then the book takes a very weird turn. Very, you, I'm, like, I'm trying to get to the point here where Valmont is inside Ace Chemical. It's like, what do we have here? Aaron Helsinger, sir. Now, is this any kind of treatment for a gentleman? You just have amygdala <laughs> in a, yeah. a, like, a freaking like a glass tube. He's like, Urgh. as I imagine you're here as a representative of the Gentleman Club. Yes. Catwoman, they have amygdala. Where? Captured? Whatever will you do, don't. And then all of a sudden, this seems like he's going to break amygdala out, and I have no idea why any of this is going on with Valmont and amygdala, to where amygdala ends up getting killed, and I don't know why anybody cares. So yes, we just don't want people to die, but it's also, it's fucking amygdala, and I have no idea why he's here. Catwoman's yelling, don't let him out, because he, you know, and, and yeah, Valmont's like, you want to get the punchlines, don't you? You want to get the punchlines, don't you? You end up, have, it's like sloth. You end up like nonsense. Also, in that, you're just going through the story and everything ends up like, what are we doing now? And oh, we're and everybody who ends up, Teeny Howard thinks that you really have to lay on the idea of talking about cats, no matter what, when you're with in a Catwoman book, where everything is, well, you know, strays don't like this and cats don't like that. It's so bad. It is cats so don't run in packs. I don't know if we can hang out together. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck but you're talking about. I kind of like you, Tomcat. <laughs> I like you there. You and know? I'm just sitting there. His name's Tomcat. I'm like, that's kind of what we called, you know, Ted Grant, Wildcat's son, when yeah. he showed up with powers, kind of like Tomcat. I'm like, 
I don't know if I like it. I, I, I kind of like his gathered together deal, but I did say that in the backup story, when we get to that, all of a sudden he becomes the sexiest man alive. This guy really does an upgrade. It's but- so funny because I remember you telling me that, and I'm sitting here looking at the main book, I'm like, he is round as ever. What the hell is Jim talking about? He's really put together. I'm like, is he projecting what he thinks he looks like? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, he's really good looking, right? Like, really round in the middle. No, at the backup, he gets real sexy, but. Here's the thing. You end up, this is Teeny Howard's ninth issue, which actually seems insane. It does. Because it doesn't seem like she's done nine issues of story. But when you get to that and you have a 50 that you want to have or expect that anniversary deal, it ends up like she's doing a victory lap of a story. And really, the punchline story just started anyway. So it felt weird. And all you do is get an extended story, but you realize it's a bunch of nonsense. So you extended it. It didn't make it better. It just made it more convoluted as you went on. I do like where Dario's going on his little scooter. (laughs) It's so ridiculous. But I like Tomcat. We said that we wanted that coming up. But even the idea where Catwoman is there and she's in this, you know, factory deal and, you know, Punchline is there and she's using the the equipment to pump this drug through. And, you know, oh, my God, she's pumping this. I'm going to die. She's got a breather on anyway, so it never really matters. Things are blowing up, but that Everybody really doesn't matter. Everybody's just going to a fight on all these different fronts when Catwoman's just trying to pull a John McClane, crawl through the vents to get the punchline. Who's waiting for her this whole time? Because everybody knows that this is a trap that they're walking into. Yeah, it's a trap. And then you, you just get punchline. It's just like, I know you don't want to live in this neighborhood anyway. Why are you, why are you bothering? I'm telling you, I'm still okay with all this, even though it doesn't make a lot of sense because I don't know why we need to have this Hasegawa fucking warehouse of Ace Chemicals to do our stuff out of when it's a big problem. It's only going to cause more problems for Punchline when she is a smart character. But we have all of Alleytown coming down on her right now, and I just want to know, why the fuck is Amygdala here, and why does nobody <laughs> care that Valmont kills him in the end because Catwoman's arrested for killing Valmont and nobody else? Well, again, I mean, you can't really care about Amygdala. The guy who killed him is dead, so there you go. But uh, it's just weird. The whole play, and even when you're doing this, like, like... Where are the cops getting their information, though? Why would Batman allow this to happen? And, well, wouldn't it have been a better play for Batman to show up at the very end? Like, I mean, he's... Like, what is what the fuck is he doing during all this? You end up having Catwoman doing all the work where Batman, I don't want to get in your way. No, you're Batman. And there's some big shit going on, and he just ends up being kind of bookend anyway. I wish he ran in. He heard something was going on. He shows up as he can try to save Catwoman, and Valmont doesn't realize or whatnot, or is pissed and tries to kill him. And then that would work out for me. But really, what is he doing the whole time? He disappears for a while, and you end up where he does end up by the end, saving yeah, but I mean, look at that you know, that concrete he's holding up. And then Valmont's flying at him like it's like the Dark Knight Rises there. It's crazy. And so when you have it, it just doesn't all make sense. Yeah, yeah. It just doesn't make sense. I mean, the end, like you said, amygdala, the idea of Valmont, an assassin who's Punchline like, who gets away? Valmont's dead. And all of a sudden, we cut to the next day where Renee Montoya is giving a press conference about an unnamed woman. We're not going to give you a name. Is uh, being arrested. Federal ca- charge. I of love murder that. And all it's this like redacted everything. That's not much and of a press conference, the, the right? The police are arresting Selena Kyle. She's in a Catwoman costume. They have her mask off. They have her arrested. She's going to process saying the, the press also will know any plans on investigating, you know, the costume criminal known as punchline. Uh, no comment. I was like, we have no idea what's going on with that. But when you get to the idea of Selena Kyle being in prison and have to show that she's not fresh fish, fucking a new fish, fucking she is someone to not take lightly. Nobody knows that Selena Kyle is Catwoman. And I have no idea what's going on because I, I swear half the time, Everybody knows Selena Kyle is Catwoman. Other times they don't. I'd never know. But for some reason, she's arrested in the Catwoman costume. People know that it's Catwoman, but nobody inside the prison knows she's Catwoman. 
Yeah, I love Renee Montoya. Basically, her speeches to everybody in the press conference. Hey, listen, can't tell you about a crime that happened, and really, I'm not allowed to tell you. We're going to press charges. I'm not going to tell you what it is, and, you know, the people involved can't tell you what that is. Somebody was murdered. We don't know who it was, because we don't got fingerprints or nothing like that, but he was definitely murdered by somebody we can't give you their name, and we are going to go and prosecute to the highest points of the law. Well, what about this? No comment. No comment. And and with that, it's weird. We already had a way that you could have had Ico B. Catwoman in this book and you let that go. It would have been very smart when you ended up having Dario in trouble and Catwoman was off in Europe with Velma. So you could have ended up having it there. This is such a forced way to get it because once Catwoman gets in jail, you end up on, oh, looks like it's me and you, Tom Cat. I'm Tom, like, what? Cat and Cat like, why, why are we doing this nonsense? And especially because it just ends up where really the whole play of this, Valmont, he's an assassin, League of Assassins, all that stuff rolled up into one. All you needed to do was cause friction if you're going to do that between Batman and Catwoman with that killer. But Valmont's not really dead, right? Because why did we have him here? I, 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 I Just to get Batman jealous? I don't well, know. Like, he got more like DC fans jealous and Batman actually getting jealous from that one panel and fucking we did previously. My play, though, is, is that if you really wanted to get that deal and you wanted to separate him that way, all you had to do was have Catwoman save Batman. But Batman says, I don't kill, so I can't deal with you and I'm going to deal with you on my own. The idea of her getting arrested and then Batman just like, yeah, all right, I prison. guess that's going to happen. She's in prison. It's so off. It doesn't feel right. And also the idea that, you know, uh, hey, uh, we knew you were in prison when you were a little girl, but now you're back. I'm like, and she's been back many a time, I think. At one point, they thought she was a mass murderer. Uh, but, yeah, you have all this played up. And then she's in jail in this next part, and it's just so over the top. Where, where she gets into a fight, and she gets put in solitary. She talks about her sister, praying for forgiveness, all these other things. When all of a sudden, the cat that Valmont got her comes in How through the, the ventilation. Does this happen? And I'm saying, is that the idea that this is Valmont that did this? Like, you know, this was the play he did, because even the idea of the vent itself, she's like, is a forgery or something along those lines. That and didn't like, make any sense. One I was thing like, what's I know going on? It's a forgery. <laughs> so she opens up the vent, the cat jumps out. Duchess, how did you get here? Why? And so it's the idea. We're going to be spending some time together. I, I'm guessing, like, for some reason, it doesn't play off well. Like, it's not in your face. But this has to mean that Valmont's still alive, right? If Valmont's alive, then what happens? Because Dario is probably watching the cats, which he always does and would continue to do. Does she have any more cats in Duchess, though? Yeah, well, he was watching Duchess. I don't think that Dario's going to just leave Duchess alone. I think that he would be watching. So did Valmont go and steal them? How do you get a cat to go down in the... The, the vents to go well, the to the idea. one Did cell. he set all this up ahead of time before this even went down? So she's been there before he even got uh, attacked. I don't know. Yeah, but it, that's he seems the like thing. a guy. He's a strategist. Okay, so he's a strategist. He knows she's gonna murder him. Where to to put be put in jail? You're gonna need a dead body. It's you true. can't just say, "Hey, it's murder." Where's well, the body? Exactly. Who knows? Have been convicted without a body before. Yeah, but that's the thing. The body was there. I mean, if you're going to say, why would she get arrested if they just ended up? Nobody would report this. Do you think hey, Batman everybody and, believes the penguin's dead, don't they? Well, that was weird because he did end up. That's fucked up, too. But again, I guess there was a body at one point. We just didn't see it. But why would you then be? Again, it's played off. This feels so much like that bullshit. It's, just, it's a very hard ending, though, that I need to know what the hell is going on because it just, it, it, it's not like right in your face explained. Valmont. 
I'm telling you, if he does and it's him, then I will give him kudos at being the smartest man in the DCU and maybe have mind control. I just don't know how, how you telling. have a forgery of a ventilation duct in a solitary, solitary confinement room where your cat's in there. I don't know what she means by that. I don't know if she means the duct, which it does like. How did so he ended up realizing she'll get arrested for my mur- like murdering me. Yeah. In the meantime, when she gets to jail, she'll fight somebody at a certain time. This cell will be open. They'll put him there. It just there's too many, you know, side things to actually have this work. And then when well, she that's looks why you're up, playing checkers and Valmont's playing chess. Again, Valmont's playing this. This is a, I mean, it, it's a prison here where you think somebody would check out things. And if it's a vent that was made, because at one point it does look rickety, uh, but then it's not. But that whole deal of I it didn't make sense to me. That line didn't make sense. I know that sound. One thing I know when I see one is a forgery. That sound. What, what does that mean? I, like it, the cat meows. And then she's like, I know that sound. of Like, is that not the cat? Is it? I, I don't know. It, it's just nonsense. And then at the end, I just don't even care. Uh, but you end up where she's fighting it out and she's in solitary. And then at the end, she seems like it's her plan. Like, it was my plan all along because there's no better place for a criminal to be than in jail. All right. I agree. Here we go. I mean, it's bad. It is really bad. The last second of them showing sweet lovemaking, I, I don't know. I don't think Belmont's alive anymore. Batman would have at least checked the body. I think he would have known what to, to see or whatnot. I know we have nonsense with, oh, he used the Iocane powder or he did this or he faked it. I don't know. Batman was on the scene. I don't think he would allow, you know, just to, I don't know. I just didn't like it. I, I thought it was weird, and I just don't want Teeny Howard on this book anymore because the whole story ends up being a convoluted mess in my mind. And the the things that started out, which we kind of like, ended up getting pushed aside, and now it's just a punchline book. But even punchline fell off, and punchline's gone now. Back to her, back to her, her own book once again. And now we have Ico as Catwoman, so yeah. we'll see. So and it's not really Selena. Man, I don't know. I the wanted thing is, that that's before. fine, too, because, yeah, this is something that we wanted. We just didn't want it under these circumstances. I yeah. feel like it's out of nowhere, and I have no idea what anybody's going to do with that story thread. Yeah, I don't either. I just And, and just the dialogue, even especially when, when you have Bruce come and talk to Selena on on the also the idea has Bruce paid him off to not record because a lot of those are you know they're recording the conversations they're ending up they're allowed to listen in and they're just throwing identities out left and right here but it just was so over the top she doesn't write a very good Bruce Wayne Batman uh he's just so ridiculous but there they go and she's in jail and I don't know and she was crying the mascara all the mascara yeah she's all upset so and she she thought she was tough she wasn't tough. Uh, but what would you give it at the end? Ultimately, I think the art's fine with all the stuff we're doing by the end with the different artists. It's okay. It's not something like, you know, when we get to the end with Selena in prison, it's not something I think is great, but it's okay for what it's trying to do. The story is just a mess because everything just comes to a head out of nowhere, and ultimately nothing feels like it's really thought out, and nothing really plays out all that well with all these different moving parts where all of a sudden it's just over now, maybe because we don't know what punchline's up to, but Catwoman's put to the sidelines. We're doing a side stuff to that I never thought we were going to do in the actual Catwoman book that I'm excited about. But it just doesn't play off great here. So 4.8 out of 10. Yeah, I'm a 4. 4 out of 10. And Juan Ferrer is in the art and the backup are out of point. We like Juan. Uh, and you get the classic Juan where the fight's going on. It's that big spread page and stuff like that. But everything felt weird. Everything felt off. I didn't like any of the dialogue at all. And like you said, it felt like it was kind of like thrown together at a point. And it just didn't play out well. 
But we'll see. And we we enjoy the punchline book enough, and now I'm starting to get worried with that because that even we like the first issue more than the second. We'll see how it plays out. But this Catwoman book has become a mess. But maybe the Ico stuff, and you know, like you said, we wanted that before. Maybe even with the timing being a little off, maybe it'll reset the book a bit, and we can get something that we enjoy. But what is your book of the week? My book of the week is The Flash number 789. That is mine as well. And with that, though, we'll go to what we're talking about next week. And there's a bunch of books, some big books. Hopefully they won't feel as forced. But we have two of these will be on our Patreon spotlight. That is at patreon.com slash weird science, where you can get a bunch of shows, especially that two-book spotlight. Eric, that's picked by the badasses of the Get Fresh crew. Beep, boop, boop. And I would say, we'll see. We'll see. I think. One of them that they'll pick, Action Comics number 1050, that is the big kind of boom book. We get this anniversary, book. 1050, and then when we get to 51, we start this new status quo. Not Blue Beetle graduation day number two? No. Yeah, Not DC we, versus Vampires number 12, the finale? Well, that's the finale. So we have Action Comics number 1050. That might be on the Not John Stewart, Patreon the Emerald Knight number one? No, I got to talk to you about that one. Uh, we okay. have Blue Beetle Graduation Day number two. I mean, you were differing in opinions on that first I like one. It. Yeah, I don't. And I saw some things with the second one, and I think I'll be vindicated. But we end up then with Eric. DC versus Vampires number 12, the finale. Let's see what that's all about. No, no, no. The thing is, you saw some stuff that doesn't mean I don't like the first issue still. No, it's stuff that we argued that we might see or not see, and it's it's not what you said. Uh, maybe I'll no, grab some I'm just saying, bites. I'm optimistic about things I hope for. No, no, no. I'm saying you said that that girl or whatever that he ran into was definitely oh, yeah, attacking from the reach yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. <laughs> Spoiler. Again, uh, we have. I don't know if you read things all the way through. I just think you get the thing where no, you want to move on. I just saw some things. DC versus Vampires number 12. That is the finale. finale. So we'll see how that is. Detective Comics number 1067. What's Captain Code going to do to save the day in that? Mm, yeah. Detective <laughs> That I want to find out. I want to see. Because we were bitching a moment. If we don't see Captain Code, we're going to be so upset. Detective Comics number 1067. Does that book like seem like it's been forgotten i Look, know that I people know that love Ram Z. on the cover and i want to see what's going to happen with that from where yeah, we left off before yeah. well the, i think the last thing we had was Batman the annual was right wasn't the annual though the last thing oh, yeah, that we probably. had with the go back in time to the revolution that was awful. Mm-hmm. harley quinn number 25 eh? anniversary. Right. so we'll have that john stewart the emerald knight we'll see if we're going to talk about that that does continue slash end the Jeffrey Thorne stuff, uh-huh. and it, that was awful, and I don't even remember anything from it. It was so far uh, ago, but we'll see. We'll see how that goes. It really, I don't know. I We have to decide if it really means anything in the ongoing deal and how we go from here. But we have Punchline to Gotham game number three, so we'll see how that picks up. We end up also having down the line Tim Drake Robin number four, and... We talked about it. We'll have to decide with all these books that we do. Tales from Earth Six, a celebration of Stan Lee. Stan number Lee, one. Just imagine. We we ended up me and you kind of got a kick out of some of the the Stan Lee Earth Six stuff. It's not great. A lot of it's hokey, but we did get Was some laughs. So yeah. we'll have to see the deal with that. But two of these books will be picked by the uh, badasses of the Get Fresh crew to be on <laughs> our spotlight. Uh-uh. And I think that it will be. DC vs. Vampires in Action Comics, uh, 1050. 
What do you think? What do you think, Eric? You, you think it'll be the Tim Drake Robin, Desi? It might be the Tim Drake Robin because it was my book of the week last time it, it came out. It was your book so. of the week. We'll have to see. But yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. DC Punch versus Vampires like number it. 12 and probably Harley Quinn number 25. Oh, really? You think the Harley Quinn? Well, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. But those will be the stuff we're talking about next week as we are between that weird between, you know, Christmas and New Year's is always that. A lot of people check out on books at that point, hanging with family and stuff, losers, stuff like that. Uh-huh. I don't know why they do it. I don't get I it. Do. Maybe one day you will. I don't get it. I like to hang out with the, the wolf, wolf mans is what I do. But that's it for the show. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks, everybody who wrote in. And, yeah, there you go, Eric. What do we say at the end of the show? Everybody have a great week. week. Keep it weird. weird. We'll see you in seven. See you in seven. Go read comics. You are all weirdos. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution.